I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? It sounded like uh, I was thinking of a name, like Ob- like Beckon, like the name Beckon. Yeah. What? No. But no, yeah, that made, that makes total sense. I like that. I feel like there's a lot of like older terms in skydiving that we don't use as much now. Like it seems like a cultural thing. They're the newer generation doesn't necessarily use it or like the him him fuck him thing i don't see that that much anymore especially with like the newer jumpers i think it's partially generational but i think it's partially regional and more particularly style of dz yeah okay <laughs> i yeah i could see that because i don't go to too many other dz's so i could you think it's more of like a small dz thing where it's uh a little bit more prevalent or is it just kind of regional also bit of both yeah and it's hard for me to say because the amount i've traveled and been around as much as is not there um i know um at spaceland it, it died quite a long time ago and the big part is steve senior wanted it to always be a family environment yeah so a bunch of jumpers yelling him him fuck him <laughs> with somebody's kid running around yeah what's like the family friendly way to yell him him fuck him i think they say gentlemen <laughs> You are live. We live. We've been live for maybe the last minute or so. Oh, I, just, I was just letting you guys have you a little chat. You kind of had this cheeky look on your face. It's like, I bet we're live right now. Yeah, it's, it happened. Oh, I would have clicked live. It was the perfect time conversation. Very nice. And it's not It's not really just a family environment that I think Steve wanted for his own family. Because remember, Zach Boyd was, when I met Zach, he was fucking five or something like that. Damn. Yeah, it's been a long time. I think he was maybe seven. Um, but also more, and it's more particular, the tandem students who we don't know and the, mm-hmm. and the, uh, tandem students, kids, we don't know, you know, I, if, uh, what's his name? Adrian Glaive, he brings his kids out to the DZ. Now they're, now they're young ladies, but he brought his children out to the DZ. Well behaved, well watched after, well taken care of girls. And they understood the environment they were in. And I'm sure Adrian warned him, these are things you're going to hear. And this is the way you behave, not the way you behave. Yeah. But a tandem student showing up with his, you know, 10 kids in tow, because I think you have to have 15 people to watch a tandem if you do it. <laughs> At right? least 15 minimum. Yeah. Dude, is that still a thing? Is there still like... I'm yeah, sure we, we see that. So like, I, hard to put a percentage on it, but we see it pretty regularly where a bunch of people walk up to the drop zone and they most of them look jumpable age, you know? It's like, oh, they're... It's jumpable? Yeah. yeah. I, I, right when I said it, I'm like, oh, God. That's not what I mean. But yeah, so it looks like, okay, yeah, these people, uh, we're going to have some tandems, we're going to have some business, and then it's just one name is on the board, and the rest of the people are just there to watch. Yeah, sometimes you just got a strong family, you yeah, know? Yeah. Hold it down. Like, I think that's rad, because my family lives in Michigan still, and I've had a hell of a time trying to get anyone to come out and, and just see me do the, do the thing, not let alone actually go do a tandem. And of course, COVID kind of threw a wrench into those plans anyways, but still, like, seeing somebody with that support system from very first jump like i think that's pretty rad i think one of my favorite things on a weekend to see and i think nick enjoys it too is you just stand out there and you watch the group of 10 people watching for somebody to jump mm-hmm. and they anything and everything they see excites them in the sky yeah. and it's fun to feed off of that yeah you know i, I it's it's part of me i, I want to correct them at times where when, when they see oh that's my fam like no those are hopping pops so they'll be getting out in like a yeah. couple minutes other than that whatever they call it i don't give a Fuck, man. For They're just sure. to watch them get high on, on that enjoyment. Like, yeah. man, it's just it's fun to watch them be part of a family. Can yeah, get, it's, 
more headset, by the way. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, let me try and figure out which one's you. Uh, <laughs> the far left, maybe. It's Yay, man. Um, it, that's good. that's good. Nice and loud. That's good. We're all switching spots. It's hard to, can, hard oh. to tell us. We've got to mix but, it up. Yeah, like what you were saying with, with people and seeing what they get excited about, it's it's cool to see what a, a non-jumper or like a family member thinks is cool in terms of a landing. Um, I forget who I was talking to, but we were, we're like, you could see somebody do a blind man, for example, and like most skydivers oh, would be like, crashed. yeah, right. Like someone who kind of knows and has seen some parachute landings before would be like, okay, that's sick. They just did something kind of cool. But someone who's never seen one before, they're like, was that on purpose? Did that guy just eat shit? You know, or like, was that even intentional? What that guy that, did? That's so discouraging. Yeah. When I but think about like how, how much practice it takes yeah. to do a freestyle trick well. Uh huh. And a spectator's con- or their their question is, was that on purpose? Was that on purpose? But like, my, that's a nice humbling moment. My mic's a little hot. No, no, no. My head. Bring my headset back down a little oh. bit. Yeah, halfway between. But yeah, that's such a humbling moment. It's like, man, no matter how cool this looks, like you could show it to a normal person and they wouldn't know. I wouldn't did, know how much went into it. <laughs> but before I did any demos, and I never got my pro rating. I have done demos uh, without a pro rating that I shouldn't have done. But I've also done a bunch of demos that just require a C license. And uh, when I did ground crew for all the demos, the thing that impressed me over and over and over, and I don't mean like impressed, like, oh, I'm awed by, but the impression left on me is no matter how badass, like and I, like a buddy of mine, Ben Yonker, actually uh, one of the guys who introduced me to Valerie. Uh, thank you, Ben. Love you, buddy. Uh, ben, phenomenal, graceful swooper, just like one of those supernaturally talented dudes. And he can just fucking crush lay down lines anywhere. And then here come the dude with a 300-square-foot canopy and just drop in looking like a student. And that's the dude who gets the standing O. I'm like... Yeah, people go nuts. That guy's a student, man. He's on a <laughs> fucking student canopy. Yeah. I, I think uh, Jeff. Jeff made a really good point about it uh, last weekend when he was in the drop zone. He said, if you give people more time to absorb the information, hence they're on a light wing loading and they're, they're coming in longer. Yeah. It gives people uh, more amount of time to look up, see the cool thing and, and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when someone is on a higher wing loading and they're landing much quicker and maybe they do some freestyle stuff, but it happens really quickly that it, it, they just don't have time to, to sit there in awe, you know? That makes sense. You, yeah. you don't get to process it. It's like, what, what, what the, what, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. Whereas, you know, someone's super, super lightly loaded in comparison, you know, they have half the wing loading taking much, much longer. You know, you get a lot more time to look up and be like, oh, yeah. Watching me do something. a math problem. Everybody's like, hey, look at him go. <laughs> yeah. Come on, buddy. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Man, before I forget, I want to uh, talk a little bit quick, easy business. And the problem we've had is we haven't been doing shows as regularly as we want. Um, the last show we were supposed to have, I was on vacation. So I just it just is what it is. Uh, with all, The way all our schedules work, we have to uh, take breaks here and there. But I really want to be goal-oriented to get back to the every other week, uh, the schedule we're on right now. Um, and the thing that we've held off is sometimes we don't have guests. So I want to come to that resolution that regardless of what's happening, let's just roll as long as we can get the three of us. And I say the three of us, Elsa, you, Justin, whoever, any of us mix of three yeah, uh, or more then we go ahead and we roll with it. Yeah. I'm super down. You, I'm, you, I'm, you go with that, Mr. P. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's, uh, so you still stay I don't know. busy. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I like that. That's the goal. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, it, it really is a we'll see because I I have greatest intents with a lot of it, and I just man, I get overwhelmed. Sometimes I just don't want to be around and do it. Sometimes I just don't want to do any of the things I'm doing. Um, and uh, this is unfortunately the easiest one to set aside. 
of all the yeah. things I get busy doing, it's like, oh, I just set aside the podcast. It, it uh, doesn't seem like much, but it takes, uh, what do we do, two hours? So it takes four hours of my life. And it, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's four hours that uh, I'd otherwise have with my wife. So yeah. I love you guys. Um, speaking of which, in a month from now, we have, uh, what's that dude's name? Richo Butts coming. So not, Sick. not two weeks, but two weeks after that, uh, Richo will be in town. Uh, do you know about DQ's SPXRW camp? I do. I know of it. I don't know a lot of details, but I know that it's happening in November, right? Yeah. November, I think six and seven. Yeah. That sounds right. Cause I just, I, I stumbled across the event page on, on Facebook not long ago. So six and seven sounds right. Yeah. He, uh, DQ has been involved in XRW in Texas for a while now. Uh, him and Luke Rogers, I think Luke Rogers helped introduce Nick to, not Nick, uh, DQ to, to XRW and then vice versa. I think they learned together. Nice. Yeah. And DQ got, has been organizing and do other events with, with XRW, and he's always wanted to do his own event, and he always had these different ideas of how things could be presented. There's a lot of good things out there, but he wanted something available to his friends, and uh, he, he's wanted it for a long time. And DQ knows a lot about XRW, and I know how to put on an event to some level. Um, so I supported my friends, so let's throw an event and let's put it on. So we have Richo Butts and him as Canopy Coaches. Steven Megason and Kimball, the guy with the creepy mustache as <laughs> wingsuit coaches. Uh, we have four Canopy pilots signed up. That's our max. We actually have more than four signed up, but we have four locked in. Um, just because of size and groups, we, we safety first. Eventually, we can get bigger. Mm-hmm. And then we have a number of a dozen 18-ish wingsuiters to go fly with all of that. So uh, it'll be multiple groups. There'll be four groups of uh, XRW things going on throughout that given weekend. Um and I say four groups, we'll see what builds. Like I, I seriously yeah. doubt it'll come together as one giant group. I just it's not that level of camp. But the goal is to uh for DQ and the coaches, we've all we've all spoken. I'm I'm an administrator, I'm nothing. Uh but th- they've agreed they want to to use this to organize and structure XRW in Texas and to build more camps and more events so they can eventually do that kind of invitational only event to take those high level shredding things they want to do. Yeah. No, it seems like they certainly have a community for it. I mean, there's there's plenty of good wingsuiters around here and plenty of good canopy pilots. So it would be cool to see more of a, a structured and, and sort of invitational style camps happening sometime in the future. It would be. I, I need to have DQ on at some point, maybe him and Richo together. I don't yeah, know. That would be cool. But the goal is basically beginner, intermediate, and advanced kind of camps. So yeah. beginner introduction, um, the advanced camps being uh, more of the invitational only. Uh, that like this is the kind of stuff we're going to do. This is the kind of stuff we want to work up to. Yeah. Whether it's like super big, uh, super dynamic, or super big in size, there's a lot of conversations going on. Um, that I don't want to misrepresent for the coaches, so I'm not going to say I'm all wrong. <laughs> yeah, but definitely. Dude, yeah. have, have you seen the Fly Like Brick, uh, Team Fly Like Brick? Uh, I, I hate saying that, but it's actually their true name. Uh-huh. This yeah, is a great name. I love that name. I do, uh-huh. but I feel like, I'm, I, it's, I feel like a Neanderthal. I, I can't fly say like the word. Brick. Fly Like Brick. Fly Like Brick. <laughs> I fly like brick. Have you seen their promo video I, th- I threw up on YouTube the other day or on Facebook y- yesterday, maybe? No, I've got... Uh, I'm I looking did, at I them on YouTube you. right now. XRW Revolutions. Uh, uh, Julian Barthel. Team Fly Like Brick. Uh, they just put out the promo video, maybe the sixth. So yeah, yesterday. Okay. So yeah, if you find I got a Facebook it. Yeah, if I like brick, it's on their YouTube channel, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, uh, Yarno and Jenna, they they did you watch it? 
uh, bits and pieces. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. The name is what took me back the most. I was like, that's a, that's a sick name. Yeah, <laughs> they've been around for a while and are quite leaders in wingsuiting. And to see what they do uh, to a... Uh, 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 what they do acrobatic yeah. and then watching what they're doing in general uh, XRW with people some of the carving they're doing some of the things they're flying uh, somebody on the west coast maybe just built a two stack with a wingsuiter on the bottom of the two stack yeah I think I saw what you're talking the about too that was, uh, was that Luca Luca he yeah. worked here for a little bit yes like not super long but he was definitely okay. here yeah, I remember seeing that. That was the video where they had comms and stuff too, and you could hear in the video that just how they were communicating and stuff. I didn't hear the video. Okay, I just saw it. I, but it, it was definitely Luca and the other person he was working with, whose name I don't know. But yeah, that like they were doing some pretty rad rad shit over there. Dude, XRW, it's so crazy because I remember when a wingsuiter flew by a canopy pilot at a speed relative enough that they could see each other for a moment, yeah. right? <laughs> and that was a huge deal. And now this dude's got a two-stack with three wingsuiters pinned. Like, this dude's docked on all four axes, man. It's a gangbang on, uh, under Canada. Yeah, for real. It's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, it's super insane. It's super, uh, super visually pleasing, seeing, like, crazy stuff like that go down. And it seems, I don't know, because I don't do XRW, and I don't see that much of it, but it just, it seems like there's still room for a lot of growth within that discipline, you know? And that that's a super exciting thing to see from the outside, like just seeing where this particular discipline can go in the next couple of years. That's been the fun part for me is, is back to, I don't know, I can spell XRW and that's about it. <laughs> um, to, I've learned a lot just sitting with DQ talking um, one of the ideas is we want to make it a skills camp, but we don't want people to think we're taking it too serious. We want them to understand it's a fun learning environment. We're having a good time. I'm straight up mad respect to LSD, Aletheia, and Tex. A lot of what we're trying to do is model after people like them. Fly for Life uh, does exactly the same kind of ideas. Um, and, and I like both uh, Fly for Life and LSD because you see the super, super serious camps they have, which they all have fun no matter what it seems. But you can see it's more focused, and then you see other camps where they're just fucking they're they're still shredding, but they're fucking off the whole time while they're doing it, dude. Mm -hmm. So uh, th they've been a huge inspiration, and I've I've sat in a lot of these conversations and developing their the mission plan for the group, and uh, dude, it's blowing my mind talking with them and asking them like, what's possible? What can we do in this camp? What's yeah. our overall overall goals in in this uh, just in this mission period? Yeah. When when you're comparing the two mentalities of camps, kind of what you hit on just now of the still having fun in both, but one is a little more serious, one is a little more mess around. Does a lot of intention go into planning those things ahead of time, or is it more like, hey, we've got a good group, everybody knows each other, so they're kind of messing off, but still still flying together? Or I think it's usually just from observation, just from yeah. you know being around them. Uh, the more focused and serious camps I see, they're usually pushing new lines, new limits, new tightnesses. Yeah. Like when they're getting the upper echelon flyers who they're trying to fly at the highest level together that they can, mm -hmm. I see a little bit more serious composure because they know what they're doing and they're that focused on being that good. Yeah. Um, but they also seem to have some of the most fun because they're the most homies at that. You know, usually you yeah. get to that level and you get a lot of tight friendships. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. So, um, and for us, it's 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 challenging because XRW is so new mm -hmm. that 
you, you have to have these camps to where beginners can come to. And our goal for this camp is to be able to introduce some beginners. We've actually had to turn down some of them who've applied. Mike, man, your, your level is not there. We have an approval process that coaches are all going through, a shared, a shared uh, spreadsheet and conversation. And uh, some that we say yes to. Uh, one guy, uh, Mike Mangum. Did I say it right? Mangum, yeah. I believe. We always yeah. want to call him Magnum. Magnum, yeah. yeah. Dude, he Magnum looks like Mike. a Mike Magnum, dude. Not like stripper <laughs> Mike, but like, dude, if he if he turned out to be Captain America, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, you uh, fucking sure. look like, like it, dude. Clean cut, tall, muscular, like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's going to bust out with a shield and a fucking mask <laughs> and go gimp on us. <laughs> Uh, Mike Mangum, uh, he's a little bit lower level, but he went and flew with one of the coaches and trained with one of the coaches because he wanted to do it, and they were able to get there. Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to cater to some of these newer wingsuiters who are new to XRW while taking the intermediate guys and teaching them how to fly the pieces better, while taking the advanced guys and teaching them how to conduct, lead, and introduce XRW. Nice. And that's really short, short statement what our goal is for each level of flyer. Nice. Yeah, I think it's cool that you're bringing in those newer flyers and you also have that higher level of, of experience when you're trying to, to build the community like that because it is small and there are not a lot of opportunities to do this consistently. So I think that's a really good way to do it with like, hey, we have this lineup of, of pretty badass, you know, experienced organizers and they can help build up the, the newer groups. And then if we can keep consistently doing camps like this and flying together, you know, now you have a, a crew of you know, good, experienced people who can just make a nice, solid foundation for that community, and then who knows where it goes from there. And that's that's exactly it, man. It's it's this camp is is not a goal. This camp is an is the beginning of yeah. a goal. The the idea that we we don't know, and and I might be speaking out of my ass, but I know all the coaches. We've all talked together. The, our goals are, and we're telling the world our goals are uh, to see how this camp goes. And based off of this camp, we would like to host more in the future Mm -hmm. with the eventual goal might not be able to get there, but man, it sure does make sense and seems nice. If we could throw three camps a year, the name of the camp is SPXRW. Mm -hmm. Do you know what SPX comes from? I do not actually. It's the original Spaceland. So Skydive Spaceland is another company, another owner, another business. The Boyds were not the original Skydive Spaceland. Really? I did not know that. The original Spaceland was come and gone when Steve Boyd came into the picture and man, uh, Steve Boyd has been in the Houston, Texas skydiving scene for years, and mm-hmm. it's it's there's a lot of heritage to the name, so he's carried on the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, the original uh, Spaceland was at an airport's identifier was SPX. Okay, so, Sick. yeah, Tom Jenkins, you know the name, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tom Jenkins uh, had a team for years, SPX eight, SPX four. Um, Christy West, uh, Katrina uh, Shows now, they were on SPX light that eventually turned into light. So if you've ever seen the team light running around, yeah, they were originally have. SPX. Man, that's sick. Yeah. I've been here for, you know, a handful of years and I had no idea that uh, SPX was the thing and I didn't realize that uh, Big Steve wasn't the guy who, who started yeah. it from, from day one. So SPXRW was yeah, okay. DQs. I that's was straight up, it's all DQ right there. That's rad. Because I, that's I rad. just thought the, the S stood for Spaceland XRW, just just Spaceland XRW. Yeah. I didn't realize that the SPX had significance. No, dude, there's a lot of heritage. That, like, it's crazy that you don't know that because you live in a house that yeah. is deep in SPX heritage. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I consider myself pretty involved with the drop zone. You know, I live yeah. there and I spend a lot of time there and I try to pay attention to stuff like that because I think history is cool. I think knowing where we're a business and where this sort of culture came from, so... I'm I'm pretty surprised I didn't know that, but that's still, like I mean I'm I'm glad to know it now. You know, I'm also curious. I think 
I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a thing or if it's been a thing, but it seems like people don't know airport identifiers as well as they used to. Yeah, I could see that. Like I know at one point, whatever drop zone I was at, I was told what the airport identifier for the drop zone was. So when I logged in my book, Tango Echo 88, mm-hmm. do you know where that is? I do not. It's your home drop zone. There we go. Tango Echo 88. <laughs> um, Tango Echo 88. Yeah. So, uh, so in log books, I used to always write, and a lot of us would always write airport identifiers because how easy is it to write TEA8? Yeah, super easy. Yeah. So, well, what, do you, what do we think, boys? Are we getting matching tattoos? Tango Echo 88? Is that what we're doing? Sure. As long as you guys go first, I'll go third. Oh. I totally, I totally <laughs> will. I, I'm not against getting another tattoo. I'm not against getting a matching tattoo with friends. Not Tango Echo 88. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but we should put some more thought into I it. I want one that says Javelda on it. Okay, <laughs> I'm fucked. super down. Uh, I got to get a picture. I have a. I don't. I have kind of a rule about tattoos, like no letters, no words, just pictures. I don't know why. I just like it. I don't want like a, a phrase or something. But you got a camel to one of bee's knees. Yeah, exactly. And those are those are both matching tattoos. Actually, those are two separate groups of people. But uh, yeah, I got them. Got them. Got them with people. Man. It's uh, at some point tonight I wanted to talk about, and I just don't know a natural segue into this. Uh, and I just so, so I'm just gonna segue into it, man. Don't shit where you eat, don't fucking eat your own kind. We're not cannibals, so skydiving. Um, hashtag Spaceland Strong, you know the words, right? Yeah, of course. Beautiful words were spoken by a gal named Paula Ursid, Paula Richardson, as you now know her, Heath's mm-hmm. wife. Paula Ursid was working in Manifest, and a fella, I would like to say a young man, but I don't consider him that, a fella had tried to pull the wool over everybody's eye by sneaking a gear rental through that he wasn't supposed to get. Um, hmm. His rig wasn't repacked in time, so he had to rent a rig. Paula watched him walk in with a rental rig, watched him put down a rental rig, came in, he tried to pay for just a jump, swear he didn't do a rig rental. Um, she's like, I got all the video and I got all the proof I need, blah, blah, blah. You did. Yeah. A big argument ensued and he lied. And Paula put a post on Facebook. We're skydivers. We watch out for each other. We don't lie to each other. We don't, we take care of each other. We're family. And I'm so butchering. It was a really beautiful statement. And at the end she put, uh, Spaceland strong. We are Spaceland strong. And it was funny because the next day or that night or something in the staff page, I put hashtag Spaceland strong. And, and I put it literally uh, uh, kind of cheeky, kind of like jokingly, but absolutely meaning it in support of what Paula said. I found out maybe a month later that Paula, for the first few weeks, thought we were all making fun of her. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. She thought when we first started using Spaceland Strong that we were mocking her. Man. Yeah. It's Spaceland Strong because, in, in back to the whole statement, it's not just Spaceland Strong. It's Skydiver Strong. I've watched, I love Facebook um, for one main reason. It proves to me what kind of idiot you are sometimes. <laughs> like, I, I see what you post on Facebook. I'm like, oh my God, you're a fucking train wreck. Grab the popcorn. Let's go. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's a member of our community who has been out there on Facebook, on YouTube, shredding major players in our sport shredding one of the biggest name pilots and i'll say the pilot's name if you figure out who and what this is more power to you people but dave schwartz is a pilot from skydive chicago runs skydive radio um the first that i know of period skydiving podcast there ever was and to me the premier and the leader in what we do mm-hmm. um i take skydive radio as a pretty serious skydiving podcast it's like they're pretty legit i take us as a fuck off skydiving podcast that not everybody likes our brand 
I, not at all, and I get it. Yeah, I could totally understand yeah. that. But Dave is a leader in the sport, leader in the industry, leader as a pilot, and somebody went on YouTube and just tried to shit all over him and slander him and mm. did the same on social media and uh, has done all sorts of other unnameable mm. things to different drop zones, different companies, different businesses in our industry. And, man, people, if you don't get it, there's thirty to 40,000 jumpers in the U.S., and that's total. How many are active is far less than that. Yeah, most definitely. It's a pretty small community, well, especially when you consider those active members, yeah. like really active members, people who are on the drop zone, I don't know, a good number, like every weekend or every other weekend, a couple times a month maybe, yeah. even. Man, if you're, if you're going drop zone to drop zone and every drop zone has a big problem, maybe the big problem is you. For sure. So I, I, I just... Uh, I don't know, man. Where's, like, lawsuits? Of course, we don't ever want to sue as much as we can. I, I just, I don't like lawsuits in general. But, man, would you, what in what circumstance would you see suing another skydiver or a skydiving company? I don't know. Things would have to be pretty serious. I've never personally considered it, but I also don't really pay attention to a lot of a lot of things. So, oh, Are you, <laughs> have you ever been in a lawsuit of any type, Nick? Uh, no, I have not been in a lawsuit. Neither uh, pursued one or been pursued in one. Man, I couldn't imagine. I've been an expert witness, which is just ironic in my book that I'm an expert anything um, in, in some skydiving lawsuits. And to see what people bring to the table is is ridiculous. But a skydiver bringing some of these things to the table, man, you people need to to kick back, relax, and check yourself. It, it's this industry is small. If you get banned from one drop zone, I get it. Like not everybody's cup of tea, not everybody's flavor. That thing is going to happen. But when you get banned from drop zone after drop zone after drop zone after drop zone, and that's what this person has done who's shit all over Dave Schwartz and back to it, man. I love Rabbit to death. I got a lot of respect for Rabbit as a pilot and as a person and as a friend. I don't know who's a better pilot and I hold in more a higher regard as a skydiving pilot, Dave or Rabbit. And I'm not saying either one's higher. That's how high they both are in my book. And, and uh, dude... It's it's just a small world. It's a small sport. If you're new to skydiving and you have problems, you have issues, take it up with some people. Um, if it's really something you can't resolve with your homie, if it's something you can't resolve with that business, put it aside, walk away, and realize that's not the place for you to be. There are tons of people on the DZ who don't like me or I don't like them or whatever the case is for whoever it is, and we coexist. Absolutely. Um, I, I can think of one particular individual on our DZ, and I don't want to say his name because I don't want to disrespect him. I'm going to call him Alex for now. Fair enough. But I'll Alex, be scapegoat. Yeah, Alex and I had this major falling out super early in his skydiving career, and he shat all over me for a year. And after a year, I just I just sat there. I don't care. Like, go for it, bro. Just yeah. do your thing. Sling, sling your mud. We're good to go. Now, we, walk, we see each other regularly on the DZ. Hey, Alex, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you. And that's we exchange at. Nice. I don't think the guy can stand me. I think he cannot stand me. I don't care about him, and I don't mean that poorly. I just, mm -hmm. I'm out. Like, yeah, I'm just not personally invested in it at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, And I think that kind, of, uh, that kind of dynamic is important to have where you can kind of resolve things at uh, the normal, the communal level on the drop zone, and you can still be cordial, you know, because it would be, it gets super difficult when you can't be on the same drop zone as someone, like someone's just got to leave, you know. But I think it says a lot about the community when we can just resolve things at that level without getting legal about everything, because I'm sure I've out of every, every out of everyone in this room, I've spent the least amount of time on the drop zone. 
or drop zones in general. And I've seen a ton of drama and a ton of shit go go down, you know, whether that's with new jumpers, old jumpers, whatever. And I have seen nothing as to my knowledge, at least get taken to like some big legal battle. It almost always gets resolved within the people on the, on the drop zone in a pretty good and fair way, you know? So it, just to think that someone would have to go to, to, a legal route to solve a problem is just kind of mind blowing to me just cause I haven't, I, I've never seen that uh, or even considered it in, in my, in my own personal world. And I think you put it to the best terms of my brain possible legal battle to solve a problem. Yeah. Like a problem, not, not a crisis, not a major, you know, incident, a problem that's very resolvable. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, we, we see it, man. Every about three years in the sport, there is a name or a personality who comes through who burns their self through flames into flames. And, and usually, man, back to it, I love Facebook because it proves what kind of idiot you are. Yeah, you can just publicly put that stuff out there. Yeah, Facebook, stop censoring everybody. Not because I agree or disagree with them, but just let me know what kind of idiot my friends are, bro. I'm good with that. I, I like to know. Do you think these people who do have this long track record of, of drama, for lack of a better term, do you think they're doing it intentionally or do you think that's just kind of how they are as a person? So I can think of the last three cases in our sport, and, and back to it, I, I don't want to defame them. I don't want to, to, to put them in a bad place, so I, I won't say names, but I guarantee if I said the three names on my brain right now, most people listening to the show would immediately go like, yeah, because they sat and watched the fucking fire burn on on Facebook or whatever it was. Um, all three incidents, instances that I'm thinking of, I, I really wonder about the person's emotional health. Mm-hmm. I, I think in, in um, some cases it might be an instability emotionally or chemically. And in some cases they're just a very unhappy and unsatisfied person taking out their disgruntled life on others. So, and I won't, I don't know which is which necessarily, but I do think it's something in those lines. I don't think they're necessarily bad people. I think they just have some, some miswired information in their brain, whether it's through emotions, chemicals, I say chemicals. I don't think any of them have been addicts or or, uh, chemically abusing substances. I think chemicals in their brain. Yeah, just brain chemistry. Exactly. Yeah, I've gotten a similar vibe too, which sucks to see. Um, from the outside, no one that I've been super close with has has gone through that at least publicly like that, you know. Yeah, and I, it's hard because I don't want to. I, I look at those people and realize they might have a mental issue or emotional breakdown that's causing these problems. Mm-hmm. And so, as I say this, if you're that person, talk to skydivers. I've talked on this. Sh- I've mentioned on this show the the reason I've done what I've done as an instructor, as an examiner with this show, with with anything I've really done is to share the sport, and this sport has been more life-defining for me than anything else I've done. Yeah, because I've done it for 24 years, maybe. But (laughs) um, it's mainly because of what the sport has shown me Mm -hmm. perspective-wise. In large part, perspective of, man, nothing matters right now but this one second of free fall, this one second of canopy ride, the decision I have to make to not kill myself or my buddy. Um, And then that, that... dynamic understanding through friends and Stephen Boyd, I think all of us in this room will quickly agree. He is a very high influencer on me. I, I see that, that way he speaks, that way he reacts, that, that calmness he speaks with. I see some of the passion that, that, um, um, Oh, what, what's, uh, what's the Puerto Rican drop zone owner's name? Oh, dude. 
Uh, he used to work here. He took Char from us. I hate him. Oh, oh Felipe. Felipe. The passion Felipe teaches with, dude. When Felipe teaches, <laughs> yeah. that boy. He was fun to watch. He likes to teach a lot. Yeah. And, and so to, to see all these different things, man, they, they help me grow <laughs> as a human being. So I, I hope if you're in that situation as a newer jumper, be patient. Whether you're yeah. a 40 year old newer jumper or a 20 year old newer jumper, be patient, bite your tongue. Go through the bullshit. Deal with the drama. When you realize, well, before you realize it, you're going to be sitting here 20 years later, and realize you were a dumbass who looked at somebody and goes, "I know what I'm talking about. I have a hundred jumps. I don't think you've been on the show since I've admitted I said that at some point to somebody who helped me out. I don't think so. No, yeah. <laughs> somebody's <laughs> trying to help me out. Like I know what I'm doing. I got a hundred jumps. <laughs> fuck yourself. That's DJ. the quote right there. Yeah. Like really, I know what's going on. Yeah, it really is, man. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I've done this one hundred times. Yeah. Which, uh, when you have a hundred jumps, to be fair, sounds like a million. Like yeah. when I came to Spaceland the first time, I well, not the first time. I got my license here, left, came back with a hundred jump block. At the time when I got here, I had forty nine, I think, and a hundred jumps sounded like a million. Yeah, I bought the hundred jump block. I was like, I'm gonna be a fucking shredder after these hundred jumps. I'm gonna have a hundred and fifty when I'm done. I'm gonna know everything and go do other stuff. <laughs> you know, so I can I can absolutely understand that mentality. What's funny and it's it's sad and funny is at that day and that point, I thought I was being humble. Yeah, because I had closer to two hundred jumps than I had to hundred jumps. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I subtracted fifty. <laughs> so I'm I the most humble dude in down, this room. <laughs> dude. I'm hundred. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't know that. Yeah. So like, take your time and and realize that any of these salty old dogs who are barking at you may not be barking at you with the right voice, but they usually have the right heart. Yeah, that's a really good point because sometimes information is not always conveyed in the right tone of voice. But I've noticed on the drop zone especially, you should really just listen to what information is getting passed along. Some people are really good like what you're saying with like Stephen, for example. He's so good at having that really calm and very understanding and, and explaining demeanor without being condescending. And there's a balance to be struck there. And I think he does it really well. Um, but then you see people who are on the opposite end of that spectrum who still care just as much and they're still trying to convey that information, but they're worked up because maybe something sketchy happened and they're scared and they're just not taking time to cool down or whatever it is. I think either way, the, the information is relatively the same that's getting passed along. It's just how it's done. So I can absolutely see someone who's not used to being talked to that way or being approached in that setting um, yeah. taking it the wrong way. But I think the important thing is just keeping in mind the the intention behind it, which is just trying to keep people safe and trying to give people more information so they don't make that mistake again, you know? I would really wonder in in the world how many people have seen a friend of theirs die doing what they love to do. In other words, I've seen friends of mine die skydiving. I've watched them die. Uh, to give you a perspective, if you're a viewer, sorry you can't necessarily picture this, but from the loading area to the swoop pond, is uh, proximity distance-wise, I've seen multiple incidents that way. Yeah, that's that's close. Uh, so I've seen one full total impact, and mm -hmm. I've seen two, uh, one spiraling canopy impact and one partial malfunction impact mm -hmm. um, that close. Yeah. And and it by no means is, is that a brag. It's, has, it's, it's fucking sickening. It, it, it's disgusting, but it's... The reason so many <coughs> uh, uh, veterans in this sport preach what they preach and do what they do. I don't think Dan BC is on this fucking bandwagon of safety because he thinks it's fucking cool. Although I do think he thinks it's cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, I, more power to him. Yeah. You know? I think Dan BC's on this fucking wagon of safety because he is sick of seeing his friends get hurt. He's sick of seeing his friends dying. Yeah. You know, uh, Sonic at the ranch is out there being that drum of being a safer instructor and a safer skydiver and more knowledgeable with your gear because he's sick of seeing his friends get hurt, sick of seeing his friends dying. Yeah. So if you're out there and, and these drop zones are crushing you, yeah, maybe they, they don't have the best delivery, but maybe, just maybe, they don't want to see somebody get hurt. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's tough to understand that when you're someone who hasn't seen it, hasn't seen someone get hurt, or, you know, even worse, you haven't seen somebody go in or whatever, but... It's, yeah, just that difference in mentality of I have 100 jumps, I know what's going on versus someone who's been in the sport for 20 years and they've seen pretty much everything. It's really tough to convey all of that information at once. So I think it really comes down to the person that's the young jumper to, to have that open mind and to really just just be a good listener in those moments and to be able to dissect what's being said and, and bring all the positive from it, you know? Yeah. I think the other problem <clears throat> you ask with, with these people who bring it to the table, I mentioned uh, emotional uh, whatever, um, the instant gratification society. It, it, it's people think they are entitled to whatever they're given. It, it's, hey, yo, man, I have 200 jumps or, or 300 jumps in a coach rating, which said and done is the minimum you need to go video tandem. So I can shoot a tandem video. Yep. No, you're entitled to learn how. It doesn't mean you can. Yeah. All right, man. Um, so y- you've gone through this yourself. Yo, Nick, I want to shoot tan video. What do I need to do? Well, you need to do this. Okay, I did it once, Nick. Am I ready now? <laughs> you're not fucking ready. <laughs> man. Hey, Nick, here's 10 videos in a row that look exactly what you want it to look like. Man, I can give you a job after that. Yeah, I wouldn't like if if I could show Nick ten videos in a row of what he asked for without bugging him between them all. Outside of maybe, hey Nick, here's my last video. Can you give me a tip? He'd probably like if he watched me get on load after load, hustling, slinging my money mm-hmm. to turn around and make it. And it, man, it's that that work ethic, that that lack of uh, or that entitlement, and that lack of earning things. I think is the other problem that we see regularly. Yeah. Just because you have a rating, just because you have a jump number, just because you have anything doesn't mean you can do those things. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good way to put it because that mentality is not uh, not always there. And it, it's weird, too, because especially if you're trying to work in the sport, you go from the I'm a customer here kind of to I'm working here and there's a different mentality there for sure. Or, you know, some people can get worked up over. I spent all this money getting all those jumps and this coach rating, and I just want to go do the thing that I'm trying to do. So I can understand why people are uh, a little bit impatient in those moments. But you just got to understand that it's it's subjective to the person and the situation, and you're not being held back because we don't want you to do what you want to do. It's just these are the guidelines. Maybe you get here at the very bare minimum, or maybe you need more work. It's It's up to you as the person to recognize that and continue working towards whatever you're trying to do. You said that at the beginning, you said that it's hard to go from that customer to that employer staff member mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit a really huge nail on the head because you're not a customer and you're not a staff member. You're both part of a giant community and a family. Mm-hmm. It, it's your brother, your sister, it's a whatever, man. And I think that goes back to part of the problem when you see yourself as a customer. And I, I get your customer. I get your paying. I mean, shit, you can spend eight to ten grand on a fucking brand new rig without going high and crazy bullshit. Yeah, and that's um, just your rig. You're not included 
jump tickets, you know? Yeah, man. I it's I remember five six thousand dollars with a full rig, and you were getting a nice fucking rig. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're getting like fancy shit. You're getting like the the high end canopies. Now you can spend twelve grand if you're going that route. Yeah. Um. So I, I get there was that I'm I'm a customer, but. I work pretty deep in the industry. I'm connected to a lot of the different manufacturers. I speak to a lot of them. And I know most of them, even though they appreciate and they want to value their customer base, they all still see it as a community. And they're growing a community. And a big part for them is the community and the people. Um, because I work with, with LMB and their marketing team some, um, and SSK both, I can speak very directly on both of them. It, it's about the people. It's about the family. It's about the community. So, yeah, you're a customer, but if you can stop seeing I'm a customer, if you can stop seeing I'm a staff member, and I, I think there's evils on both sides. I'm a customer, so I'm entitled to whatever the fuck I get. No, man, you're part of the community, so you give and you give and you enjoy and you participate and you get fulfilled. And same thing as a staff member. I'm a staff member, so I'm entitled to this many jerk work jumps, or why am I doing it? Yeah. No, man, you get to give at a higher level. You get to be part of Dude, Cody Edgeworth, you know the name? Yeah, of course. Took him on his first fucking tandem. Really? Right? That's dude, awesome. I did not know that. Scott McElroy and Jessica. Yeah? Dude, they met in my canopy course. Nice. Dude, okay. I have multiple canopy. I know multiple married couples. I don't think they're married, but I know multiple married couples who met in canopy courses I taught. And they're like, yo, dude, I don't know if we would have like ever hooked up in the drop zone. We were never at the same time. We met in a canopy course. I'm like, That's where true love blossoms. Yeah. I know a couple of them that they from completely different DZs, and that that's how it happened. And for me, I, I got to be part of their lives. That's right? a really yeah. good perspective to have, considering yeah. all the things that you get to provide for people, which being jump staff, I could see how, especially on a busy Saturday, you don't necessarily feel like you're given a lot to a big old community with every work jump that you do. So I can understand how... The mentality shifts just because you develop your rhythm and you're just kind of going about your day. But I think it is important to take a step back, kind of like what we're doing now, and really realize what you are contributing. Because when you consider things like that, like what you just said, it's it's rad, really just taking a step back and seeing this is what I've been able to provide for these people who are also a part of this community that we're all contributing to in one way or another. You know, So I, I, I think that's that's a really good way to look at it. The thing that kept me alive as a working staff member, I, I got my tandem rating once upon a time, uh, plain and simply because it paid the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, you make more work jumps getting a tandem rating than you do anything else. The sacrifice is, is you're a walking, talking roller coaster. You're mm-hmm. a fucking amusement park ride. Congratulations. And we see so many TIs get burnt out, and, and I can't lie. I know I have my burned out phases, but in general, I did pretty good with it. And, and my goal, the, the, the thing I did, the, the thing I kept focused on was every day I was looking for the tandem student, whether I was a videographer or an instructor, that tandem student who I thought was interested in the sport and who I thought I could talk to about the sport and who would be interested in the bullshit that we actually do. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we're, we're fucking jumping out of airplanes. It's kind of <laughs> bullshit, right? Yeah, we're doing silly stuff for a living. Yeah. So that that was always my goal, my focus. You know, if, if you are thinking about getting into the sport for a living, if you are thinking about doing this job full-time, it is financially not the best way to go. You can find some pretty decent paying skydiving gigs, no doubt, but they're few and far between. Um, it is not a passion or a labor of money. It's a labor of passion, a labor of love. Mm-hmm. And if you are full-time in the sport or part-time, remember you got into working in the sport for a reason. 
more than likely to share the sport, to share the passion, to live what you love, um, man, stop staring at that paycheck. Because if you're staring at a paycheck, you're in the wrong job. And no disrespect if the, if, if that's what you're staring at. I don't mean it wrong, but go find another job that pays you better so you can skydive all you want. Yeah. Um, man, I look at my boy Brian Clark. You know Brian? I do. Yeah, Brian, man, he, he was a... Uh, a little bit burnt out, to say the least, tandem instructor, and then even more burnt out pilot when he left our skydiving industry. And Brian was so burnt out that he was one that would never come back to the sport in my mind. Although at this point in my life, I would, I, I, I long ago gave out they'll never come back because... You never know. Well, there's always that fire somewhere in there. Yeah. And Brian got himself in a good job, got himself in a good position, and he was able to come back to the sport for fun. And I've seen Brian smile on one day on the drop zone more than I saw him smile in years that I worked with him. That's pretty cool. And and he uh, he was a gen- genuinely happy guy back then, mm-hmm. but not not to this level. It's good to see that people can get out of the sport on on such a negative note to the point where you think they're not going to come back. And then how how many years had passed between him leaving and him coming back? Roughly seven. Okay, making it up. So yeah, take a, a good long break like that come back and be that refreshed, you know, and and just have your have your thing back, the thing that got you so pumped to to work in it from the beginning. Now he competes in four way, he goes to big way camps, yeah. he does a bit of everything, man. Mm-hmm. So the dude's having fun. He's having a good time. Um he's losing rings, wedding bands on the drop zone. <laughs> did, did you guys ever find that Nick that you know of? It did turn up. Oh good. Really? Do you know where it turned up? I have no idea. Someone brought it into the end of the day. I don't know where they found it. That's my man. And right, let's go back to why we're in the sport. Most of us got into the sport for the adrenaline fix, for the fucking skydive, for the fucking let's get ready. Fuck and yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, most of us stay for that community and the sport and the skydiver. And somebody found a fucking reasonably nice wedding band on the drop zone. Um, you know, in many circles of the world, somebody's first thought is to pocket it, keep it. They got themselves a nice ring, go hawk it and get some money for it, do whatever. Yeah. Man, I, you could leave a wallet with $200 cash sitting in the packing room and somebody's going to turn it in and you're going to get everything back you had. Mm-hmm. It, the, the community, man, is a whole. We're so good to each other. So back to it, man. Don't shit in your neighborhood. You're not cannibals. Don't eat your own kind. Yeah. You know, if if the sport's not for you, step away, and that's okay. If the community that you're around is not for you, find another community. Um, one great thing about Spaceland, um, or any large drop zone like Skydive Chicago uh, or other places, Paris, uh, Arizona, is it's really easy to get away from drama because you can go to another part of the DZ. Mm-hmm. Those smaller DZs, it's not, it's not as easy. But man, make make the most of it, make the best of it. Find your happy place in the sport and. Uh, let the people you don't get along with do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool the sport does have these different disciplines in these tiny little communities within the larger community. You know, you have your 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 belly flyers, free flyers, angle flyers, and it all kind of mixes together in the packing room because that's where everybody hangs out. But you mm-hmm. still see these little groups developing, which can be good and bad. But it's it's nice to know that if you don't get along with one person the entire drop zone is not fucked for you. You can still go over and hang out with other people or do other styles of jumps or whatever it is, and it still can be your happy place, for for lack of a better term. It's actually really amazing to know how many people on the drop zone don't like each other and don't get along, 
And despite that all, they still survive well together. Yeah. I have quite a few friends on the DZ who who uh, vent to me about an issue because they think I can resolve their problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick probably knows the babysitting issue better than most as he smirks and I says I say that. <laughs> but like I, I've had people come up to me like, yo, uh, DJ, we got to talk, man. Um, uh, Alex just did this and then like but then I try to say something to him and he didn't like it. And then Alex comes up to me he's like, yo, DJ, you got to see this because Nick did it. And, and I'm hearing the two different sides of the same story and going like. You guys have no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and, and and knowing, I, I, I deal with this a lot more than I care to want to at all. And there's a lot of people on the DZ I know who don't like each other. Yeah. But you would never fucking know. Yeah, I'm certainly not in a position where many people approach me because I'm not at that, that manager level where I can really do anything about it. Um, I can't do anything about it either, by the way. <laughs> I'm not a manager. <laughs> but I'm not. I guess you, people don't perceive me as the person to <laughs> no. solve that problem. So it's oh wait a minute the manager can't either by the way (laughs) yeah but it is funny seeing it from my point of view just (laughs) kind of a fly on the wall and and seeing some some problems that people take up the chain of command when it it can just be solved at at that personal level Um, or just maybe it doesn't even have to be resolved it just doesn't have to become more of a thing I would say ninety percent of conflicts on a DZ can be resolved, and and I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be low on that. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to say seventy five percent of conflicts on the drop zone can be resolved between the parties involved, as long as they can have a calm voice between them. And if you can't have a calm voice between you, find a we we all have somebody in our group of friends who's the rational one who doesn't get in arguments, doesn't get in fights, who who doesn't. Man, find yep. that friend to say, hey, sit here and talk with us to keep us kind of calm and have it help us out. And literally 75% of them can be solved that way. The other 25% can't be solved that way. And if they can't be solved that way, realize they don't need to be solved and just step away from each other. Mm-hmm. And if that all, if all of you follow those issues, no shit, 90% of Nick Lott's fucking job would be gone. <laughs> and, and man, Nick, what kind of cool shit could you do if you didn't have those burdens? Yeah, I don't think it's 90% of my job. I think <laughs> I that's an obvious either, exaggeration. But, but yeah. uh, I, I agree that yeah, most uh, most things that come up on the drop zone, like, hey, if you just give it a little bit of time, a little bit of space, most of those things are going to sort themselves out. Not everyone gets along all the time. So uh, yeah, just give a little space. Try, try and uh, be the bigger person who is able to acknowledge there's an issue and, and uh, walk away and then make an effort. To, to me, it's so much more energy to hold a grudge. Like, I'm pretty mm. good at not liking a person, but it goes away <laughs> It goes away pretty fast. It goes away like your beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Um, but, but for the most part, it's just like, yeah, uh, some things are going to upset people, a little bit of time and space, and, and uh, you know, give them time to, to process what's going on. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's mad at me. I mean, fucking take it easy. Later he won't be. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly we forget shit, especially with how much... One guarantee on a drop zone, something cool is about to happen or something funny is about to happen. Yeah, something is going to be worth talking about in 10 minutes. Yeah, at some point you're going to be laughing and joking. And, and nine times out of 10, when a person's mad, it might not have anything to do with you. And nine times out of 10 is just a made-up statistic. But it's often you were just the recipient of that. Let them calm down. Let ever what happened happen. And, and it, it, bygones will be bygones. And, and for me, I, I hope this person doesn't mind I speak of our incident. But Fernando is an instructor at Spaceland. And I was fucking around with some buddies and accidentally and seriously, legitimately accidentally shot Fernando in the face with a squirt gun while I was trying to hit somebody else. Fernando was 
pissed livid at me and i was trying to explain to him and he would he, he shat on me like straight up gave me like what he thought of what i just did and i'm like you know what i see this is not a time nor a place and i walked away a little bit bothered but i'm like what the fuck yep. and i immediately go to somebody to talk about it and it wasn't a uh, oh my god you won't believe what fernando just did i walked up to somebody i'm like yo dude what's up with fernando right now oh yo him and homeboy just had it out Oh, yeah. So I just got the, and two, three hours later, Fernando was buddy-buddy with me, joking around and laughing, and it was all good. And then two or three days later, I, you know, after we had a few days of good interaction, I went up to him and apologized and, and said my piece again. And he's like, we're good. I'm sorry, too. And we were all happy, dude. I absolutely believe and, that. Yeah, he's, he's a stand-up man. Yeah, I've, I've seen him upset maybe twice since yeah. I've been here, and not dramatically so, just normal upset <laughs> yeah no I, i've seen it dramatically once and uh it, it was uh i i ended up getting to catch some of the the, the side fodder i got to catch and, and thankfully some of the residual effects yeah, from it yeah yeah and yeah. thankfully i i uh thankfully i knew fernando well enough because sadly had i not known fernando well enough i would have been a dismissive asshole and just said fuck off not necessarily said it to him but i just would have said fuck off in my brain and never gave him a chance again in my life because mm -hmm. Um, one of my personality strengths and flaws both is I can be very dismissive. For me, it's a strength because I don't get my feelings hurt very easily. I don't get bothered. I don't take things too personally because I'm dismissive. Yeah. Uh, as a fault, I think I'm so easily dismissive that I lose out on some pretty potential decent relationships. Um, um, I, I won't say a name, but there's somebody that I could have been very easily dismissive of that you and I have spoke of regularly together. And thankfully... I have that friend who gives me a perspective that's different than mine that gives me a chance to go, okay, let me try some more. Let me see what's going on. I think yeah. you know exactly where I went with that guy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and, and so uh, uh, thankfully with Fernando, I knew him well enough that I didn't dismiss him in, in my brain because fuck, dude, he's a gem of a human being. Oh, I, that's somebody I like having yeah, in my he, life. He's a cool dude. All of the Venezuelans, they are... They're, I don't know about all of Spaceline, but for me, they're the lifeblood of the drop zone. It's palpable, especially when Carlos is not on the drop zone. Things are a little more quiet and mellow. There's not so much singing and music playing and just random stuff going on. One of my favorite things about those guys, too, is when Pedro and Fernando start laughing, their laughs will sync up so that they're doing the ha-ha thing at the exact same time, and it just gets louder. <laughs> It's such a cool thing to watch. And you hear it through the packing room. Yeah. And their corner grows and grows. Uh -huh. Although it's been a little, I think, lackluster lately. I think just mainly because uh, Pedro's been a little busier pulling out that lead instructor role. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. So, he's just a little busier from, from a different side of things. So I, somebody help me out with Pedro's fucking pants. Does he like have to have one leg higher than the other? Have you noticed he does that? <laughs> he does, yeah. He does stuff like that. Or Carlo, they're just they're just chaotic guys. The, Fernando is kind of like the dad. He's the most responsible one by far. Yeah. Like, but you look at Carlos and his fucking shoes are never tied. Half the time they're not even on the right way. They're just they're just chaotic dudes. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what I'm talking about with Pedro's pants? Yeah, like not quite like uh, to the height that an old, uh, someone who's riding a bicycle would hike up yeah. one side. But it's close. It's a fashion statement. Like, I've actually seen this with other people. I'm like, Pedro, it's like, do you not know how to dress yourself? Or I mean, you're a pretty good looking fella, but you should still dress nice. Dude, homie. let him have a style. Don't get down on Pedro. Dude, I like it. I, Pull it up higher. I Let's cut the fucking bottom of your pants off. 
No, but then it's the, it doesn't have that rolled up baggy look. I think that's what he's going I for. I just want to see his legs. Me too. Do I, I say uh, you're a good looking guy. You can still dress nice. We had a uh, TRC dinner at the house last uh, winter. And uh, he showed up with a bottle of Venezuelan rum. Thank you very much, Fernando. Uh, or, or Pedro. But he showed up, dude. Oh, my God. I dropped my panties for Pedro. Oh, was man. It, wasn't he walking up? I have this memory of him being like, Pedro Ramos, with everybody that he yes. shook. Like, he would say his name. I know who you are. Yes. <laughs> but thanks for introducing yourself again. Straight showed up G. Q, man. Yeah. Straight fucking GQ. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, uh, it's something I want to do as a ritual is my TRC uh, dinners every winter, having the whole TRC family here at the house. Um, I'm going to extend it a little bit deeper this year. I'm going to do the TRC Gravity Lab family because there's a few of us with Gravity Lab Radio. Honestly, it's just a damn good excuse to invite Nick. You're invited to every TRC thing because your girlfriend manages the business. So you're you're her plus one. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm a special man. Maybe in. But I want like Elsa to be around. I want to have Nick and his girl around. So uh, yeah, that sounds like fun. I look forward to it, man. We uh, last year we had. that pasta place catered. What's that place I like so much? Grazia? Yeah. Speaking That's of Grazia's, October 21st, baby. Are we, is it going to happen? Uh, I don't think we can go October 21st. You know, I've had a request from multiple people for a uh, another uh, Stuff Your Face festival. I, I don't know. With the number of people that talked about it, it's funny that we're talking about groups of people that don't get along at the drop zone. I don't know if all of the different interested parties would be interested in sitting down at a table with each other nope. and having food. I will eat food with fucking anybody. You want to <laughs> do donuts and ramen and whatever? I, I really need help. If if we do this, I someone's got to babysit me. Like I need a consultant who can tell I, me how much food I can order at any one given I, place. But I is, got you. Because I did good with that last time. I don't know if you remember. I paced Yeah, you well. did a great job pacing yourself. But the, the, I got we you, We messed boo. up starting at uh, the, Bernie's. The, the Bernie, Bernie's Burger Bus <laughs> uh, yes. with the, that detention sandwich. Because it's like you can't have that and then have <laughs> something small at the next place. That's not going to work. Yes, you can. You got to keep. I mean, you got to stay big. I couldn't. You got to keep no, going bigger yeah, and bigger. No, yeah, you can't. No. You can't downsize. So That's my crazy. question is: You have I this person. It. You have someone regulating you. But are you going to listen to that person? Because I've seen you when you get going. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> That's like the unstoppable force. Yeah, How? but but I've never gone into it with this agreement with myself. Okay, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be hungry the whole time. I'm gonna leave every place hungry, and I'm gonna be okay with that. Man, as far as the group of people interacting, I think it can be done because the first and only one we've done, I saw a couple instances of people in that group who I don't think get along, and I never saw one bit of tension because all you have to do is have seven people in a group, and you have the two people completely separated who don't like each other. Yeah, I'm picturing like... super easy. You know the Last Supper picture where everyone's sitting on one side (laughs) of the table? I picture you're in the middle of it. Everyone is on other, either side of the table fighting. There's food flying all over the place, and you're like, "This is my fucking <laughs> I'm just me time." In the and middle, you're just eating, eating a donut, just eating super happy. For really real, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had anywhere from I don't know seven to thirteen, depending on the, on the stop. I'm not sure on the real numbers. And it really, it's super easy not to sit next to somebody if you don't get along with everybody. And yeah. and I'm positive I don't remember all the names, but I'm positive in that that venture that I saw and I'm like, not everybody here gets along and nobody cares. We're all here yeah. for the same reason. I'm sure by the end of it, no one's going to want to fight either because who wants to fight when you're absolutely gorged with Unless food? we're going to have a food fight. And That's true. I'm going to eat that shit. And honestly, maybe, just maybe, this gathering of people around food will allow you to have a different 
insight of the person you don't like, and maybe you'll be able to put up with them. I'm not asking you to like that person, but maybe just going out and breaking bread with a person will allow you to get insight on them that will allow you to at least appreciate or, or, or tolerate them. It's I can see that, or at the very least, assert some dominance because you can eat way more than the other person. <laughs> yeah, man, that brings up a really serious question for me. How many jelly donuts do you think it's possible for me to eat in one sitting? <laughs> I don't know because I've seen you go to town on a lot of things, especially donuts. I think the more important Amen. question is how many jelly donuts could just a person eat before dying? Because you can hit that level. <laughs> well, doing this one for science, bitches. It's going down. I'll be the donut counter and I'll just have the little clicker every time. I know if I get three jelly donuts, I'll vomit tonight. See, really? What? No way, dude. I had the last time I had a, a donut cheat day, me up I had 20 donuts. Yeah. And weren't you supposed to have 24? I bought 24, but I have four shitty friends who stole donuts. <laughs> I bring donuts for people every Saturday. I know. And they stole my donuts that I brought for me on a Thursday that I set <laughs> under my camera helmet in the video I room. Know, I saw it go down. Man, that was <laughs> such I was so, a Can I know bummer. who stole them? I, I, don't, I honestly don't know. I remember, but I'll tell you later. Okay, I'm not cool. name drop this person. A couple of people did it, but a couple of people also talked about doing it. So I know one person for sure because I saw them pick it up and put it in their mouth yeah, and I was like, makes Ooh, me so angry. I know someone who is not going to fucking like what you just did and then sure enough, Nick walked into it's the It's like, room. dude, how much of a thing could you share with other people and they just can't have you enjoy it by yourself? Yeah. I get that 24 donuts is an excessive amount. I get that's too many donuts <laughs> for one person. That's the fucking point. You're like, that's the point. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, I'm doing this today. Let I me ruin up. me. That's the goal. <laughs> I need to teach me, me a lesson. <laughs> I really want to know know though if i can do two dozen donuts a large pizza and a pint of ice cream in a in a day in a day yeah. 100%. i i absolutely 100%. believe you could do that and 100%. i want to be there to watch see this is what's going to happen the end of this diet i will vomit I'm, if i tried that well i just i i don't know if i'm going to have the control to like ease off the brakes right mm. like hey let's slowly uh, I think there's even a term called reverse dieting, where when you've been on a restricted calorie diet for a prolonged period of time, that you should your body adapts to that number of calories to some extent, and you should slowly move back into higher calories, or you get fat. Doesn't sound like you at all. Oh, it does not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, I think maybe if I do one good epic cheat day and make myself feel terrible enough that the next day I could be back on the straight and narrow. So you're saying. Diet finishes. Next day, go hard. Day after that, back to somewhat of ba a back to diet. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do this uh, this low calorie like eating six times a day thing. Yeah, ever again. <laughs> but uh, I was real happy doing one one meal a day. That uh -huh. works like a high fat one meal a day. Like that works really well for me. You're not gonna you're not gonna give yourself any time to ramp up to that big cheat day. You're just gonna go for it. Uh, yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel it's like it's going to depend on how on I the, feel on the day. On the indulgent side of things, the mentality, that makes absolute sense to me. You know, like, I can finally do this thing. I'm going fucking hard. I'm doing all of it. I'm eating everything that I see. Mm -hmm. Physically, I could imagine that being shocking. <laughs> no, see, and that's not even the, like, uh, I guess physically what I'm worried about is getting myself in the habit of eating that way. Because yeah. when I have a, a diet followed by a blowout, it's like it's, this, it's the same thing like as when I start the day with shitty food. It's like, well, fuck, I had that thing earlier. Might as well so I might going. as well just keep eating garbage. Yeah. It's like, well, dude, yesterday I had, a tw had two dozen donuts yesterday. I'm going to stop at Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I've eaten Arby's twice in the last 20 years, but it, 
Could be that day. You think so? Do you I get the craving for Arby's? Dude, an Arby's roast beef sandwich? Dude, for real. That beef and cheddar? Good. Yeah, I don't know what that is actually made of. It's probably not very much beef or cheddar. It's delicious. Oh, good. Dude, Raising Cane's? Dude, uh, Burger King? Those chicken fries? I have not experienced that shit. That looks for really real good. I had some from... From Burger oh, King a couple of weeks ago, almost killed me. Don't it's try. McRib season. Is it McRib? McRib season. Billy Whitaker, what's up? <laughs> what's up, Billy? Man, oh my God, the McRib we, is back. Can we get an episode, just one episode, sponsored by the McRib, and we just go to town? Dude, let's have yeah. We're looking for episode Dude, ideas. Let's, let's get Billy let's back do on. That. Billy should absolutely be back on whenever he'd like, yeah. and bring a bunch of McRibs. Or Billy can just come too. He's a cool guy. He's a great guy. He's a really good dude. Let's do a remote set from McDonald's. Dude, Dude for real, with Ronald McDonald just kind of hanging out in the back. Carlos can be there. He can cry again. <laughs> I did, I actually didn't see that, so I feel like I can't make that. Reference. I have I have video of it. You have video of him crying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. You, will you? Let me we see. We gotta we gotta look at that. Let me see if I can even get it up to share with the world. So oh while, my while he's God. Think, while you're looking that up, man. Um, God, my conversation wants to go two quick places, and I want to mention both of them, and I don't know if we'll get to the first one. The first one is I want to talk about what your diet has actually been because you and I have dabbled on that conversation, but we've saved it for the show. Uh, but more importantly, what's the menu for the Stuff Your Face 2.0? Um, we talked at one point about pizza, dessert, pizza, dessert, just doing four places. Pizza, dessert, pizza, dessert. That's not a bad Because there's like what, Star and Mellow Mushroom as two of the potential places? Those, yep, those places are both where, legit and proximal to each other the, in the Heights. In the Heights. Yep. Okay, I yeah. was going to ask where, where this is going so down. So what I would love to find out is what is the most legit Chicago deep dish pizza in Houston? I'm sorry. I know there's not a legit Chicago. Man, there actually was a place, Paula Ursid, Paula Richardson. Uh, I went to this place with Paula and Heath, and I, I've had a deep dish pizza in Chicago. This by far was the closest thing I've ever had, and Paula would agree. Uh, they were on the north side of town, and they shut down a while back. So if anybody listening to this show knows of a super lit, fucking badass, fucking great Chicago deep dish pizza in Houston, send me a message in any form you know how. Facebook, email, smoke signals, blow my shit up. I, I have no Messenger clue. pigeon. Messenger pigeon. WhatsApp, vibe. I don't know. What am I on? <laughs> so Yeah, there's a lot of apps now. Dude, it's that makes me sound really old by saying there's a lot of apps now. All them, all them fucking apps <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, uh, have you had Crumble, the cookie place? Huh? It's called Crumble. Huh? It's a cookie joint. Uh, yeah, no, you got words for me. Let's it's, go. It's absolutely amazing. We got to go. They're about to open one of those in the Heights, but it's been an opening soon sign for four months. Ah, I see. Yeah, when is this stuff your face thing going to go down? Well, we need to work uh, uh, winter, and then we need to work on a menu. Um, yeah. So is pizza like wh- where would you want to go besides pizza, Nick? Uh, God, donuts, ice cream. Fuck donuts. Um, God, I love donuts. Ice cream every day, all day. Okay, do- would, ice cream could be on list. Dude, pizza, ice cream. That's a great combination. That's a good Ta- combo. Tacos. Yeah. Um, uh, burgers. Good. Uh, dude, Russell's. Italian food. Yeah, dude, some some legit barbecue where those. Let's go to uh, 
Reuben sandwiches that they do. Did you, have you seen the queso burger he does? No, dude. You need. Are, do you not follow Russell on Instagram? And <laughs> Stop, dude. I think I've admitted I follow. I'm on Twitter. I dude, use you, Twitter. You know right that now. I have one more meal in your fridge waiting to, for me to go heat it up. I, I saw that. I, I follow. I'm on Twitter, and one of the things I follow on Twitter is Russell's. Um, I don't know if I see it on my Instagram or on my Twitter or what, but that boy posts food all the time, and his fucking queso. We're talking burger. about ro ro rogles. Ro- 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 yeah. yeah. Rogel's fight, dude. Oh my f and g's, man. I oh. the queso burger you said. Fuck yeah, dude. So it's a it's a cheeseburger with queso just smothered all over it. I, do, I wouldn't it? even call it a cheeseburger. Go okay. fuck yourself. That's okay. rude. That's just <laughs> fucking rude. That's like calling. Yeah, that's just not. There's nothing. Yeah, okay, no. it's on another level. Yeah, next dude. level burger stuff. It looks great. So. <laughs> I am not impressed with Texas barbecue in general. People talk about Texas barbecue, and I'm like, most Texas barbecue. Wait, I've what had, is that I'm looking for? Uh, a queso, 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 queso burger, queso burger Dude, but it's not a burger. It's like transcended burger. It, 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 I'm just, it's I'm just, just a scrolling fat, like, through or something. pictures it's, from Rogel's, and oh, good golly! So, like, most barbecue barbecue joints I've been in Texas have been decent brisket barbecue sauce. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. By far, the best barbecue joint I've had Jesus. in Texas is Rogel's. Um, I'm not saying that because he's my friend. He used to own a franchise called Baker's Ribs, and it was a, he's in the same location, and it was good, but it, it was that regular right Texas joint. He eventually quit that franchise, has gone to Pitmaster School or whatever other things he goes to. He goes to these conventions, competitions. He does all sorts of shit. And I was at Christy West's house having dinner one night, and she had that catered and fucking it blew my mind. And so mm-hmm. since I've gone to Rogel's just for, for lunch and food, Dude, one day on a day off, let's go to Ruggles for lunch. I'm super down. Any you, excuse you've sold me on it because that's uh, oh. that sounds like some next level shit. I, I think they do those Reuben sandwiches on Thursdays, dude. You, I you'd love get a me good in Reuben. on that. I love yeah. a good Reuben, dude. A Reuben is oh my god. You ever go to Cat's Deli? Uh, I feel like I maybe have been there once. Their I've Reuben is like it. the size of your face, dude. I got a big old face. That's good news. It's, it's a big old Reuben. Dude, their Reuben is is just a mountain. The cats should be a good place to go, but their weightlet's just a hard place to get into. What is it? Cats, K A T Z, Cats Delicatessen. It's a New York style delicatessen based out of New York. They have them all over, including. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I've just been scrolling through this food on the screen for the last couple of minutes. That's like I'll tell you, this is the most. Excited I've been in a long time. Uh, there were a couple of times where you know we, we women don't excite me one bit. This food, yeah, better watch. There it. are a couple of times in the old headset I heard some excited noises coming from <laughs> behind. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm sorry, like, Nick is in such a happy losing place it. right now. <laughs> oh. Losing it. <laughs> when does that? When does that diet of yours end? The twentieth of October is my very last day. I just got an updated diet plan for my coach right now. Okay. You want to? Do you want to hear about my diet? I feel like I have shared little bits and pieces. Yeah, hence the 21st was the so, day of everything. Okay. So this started, uh, this was the end of August I started this. And it started around Sam is out of town for an entire month. So I thought, hey, that's a reason to do a diet because what's better than setting an arbitrary, meaningless fitness goal around a random date? <laughs> and so <laughs> she uh, left the 23rd of this month and has gone until the 20th. Okay. And so I started a month before that. So I got a nutrition coach who's uh, planned all my stuff. He tells me what to eat and when. For the most part, it's been pretty much the same. And the, yeah, the first day was the 20th of August. And uh, I wake up and I have two cups of egg whites mixed with six ounces of spinach. 
it's actually pretty decent and a decent amount of food. And about two more hours from that, I get. Uh, wait, what do I have on the screen? <laughs> might still just <laughs> might just be food. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a picture um, of a burger. Yeah, you don't have OBS up on that one monitor. Yeah, here we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next meal is uh, chicken. Just six ounces of chicken breast, boneless, skinless chicken breast. Uh, about two and a half hours after that, I get cod and uh, six ounces more of spinach. So six ounces of cod, six ounces of spinach. A couple hours after that, I get six ounces of uh, chicken again and 150 grams of rice. And then uh, after that, I get a protein shake. So it's two scoops of whey protein mixed with water. Super exciting. And then after that, I get my final meal of the day, which is coming up. It's in DJ's fridge. It is six more ounces of cod and uh, six ounces of broccoli. Yeah. Really exciting food. Super exciting. But you know, when uh, Jeremy Foster was on the show, we had this debate about, uh, you know, th- I think that this this whole method of eating very often these small meals throughout the day, the theory is that it boosts your metabolism and that you burn through food faster and that you become leaner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say that it's a really good, it works. I don't know what the, you know, what the science is or why, but it, uh, I'm, I'm pretty lean right now. One thing that's changed my exercise is I have done 45 minutes of cardio on my bike every single day since that same day. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something that is not normally part of my exercise routine. What do you got? You just showed me the... Is that the queso burger? Mm-hmm. It's the oh, queso shit, burger. Son. Give me one of those. Is there one of those in your kitchen? For real, let's go. <laughs> Smoke is it and made out of, sear. Is it made out of fish and broccoli? Yeah. In house, right in your diet. In house, <laughs> grind brisket burgers, smoke and seared, then topped with queso. It's like the best festival you ever went to, but in your mouth, Russell. You can be in my mouth any fucking time. I love your face. Yeah, sign me up. That looks uh, that looks fucking oh, amazing. My God. With slices of jalapeno and some cilantro on top yep. of it. Fuck me in the face hole with a pound of meat. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting excited. Let's do this. Oh, dude, like we're straight. We're going to that comic book store and Russell's on your next Thursday off. All right. We're we're in. Yeah. So Sounds like a good day. Top, <laughs> top Gun shooting range is also in the area. Go shoot some guns. Dude, fucking stuff your face, shoot some guns, stuff your face. Like yeah. take a break <laughs> on fire. In Texas, baby. We got to have barbecue in the mix for that for sure. <laughs> dude, you sure ha- I'm sure half the group will be packing. Packing full bellies of burgers. <laughs> no, absolutely. Man, I, I will tell you, this diet of yours has been a blessing for me. Tell me why. Because if I told you the best barbecue sauce I think I've ever had was sugar-free, would you believe me? Not at all. Not for one second. Dude, G. Hughes, he's the guy. He's the fucking man. I'm going to give him a shout-out. I'm going to show his product on the internet Dude, machine here. So I, I use Stubbs barbecue sauce partially because it's really good. And partially, it's one of the lower sugar barbecue sauces on the market. And Nick had me try Stubbs Sweet and Spicy or Sweet and whatever it's called. G. Hughes Sweet and Spicy. That's my yeah. name right now. And I tried it. It was dynamite. So today, Nick, guess what I had for dinner? Tell me. A fucking tub of pork that I just dipped in G. Hughes. I felt like I was Nick Glott, dude. I, dude. Was, I sat at that desk, desk dipping fucking ribs into... It's so good. What, what flavors have you tried? Uh, just that one. I've I've tried uh, honey. I've tried the sweet and spicy. I've tried uh, the original. How's the honey? Hickory. The honey's good, dude. They're all good. 
They're all good, but the the sweet and spicy one definitely has the most, uh, you know, kick to it. Mm. There's another one. I'm I'm looking at their website right now. Maple Brown I haven't tried. Hickory I have tried. It's delicious. Original's also delicious. Sweet Heat. I have not had Sweet Heat, but sweet uh, heat. they're, they're all real good. You like they're ribs? all sugar free, dude. I love ribs. Yeah, I'm gonna. Sometime this winter, I'll have to have a uh, cookout over the house and smoke some ribs. I uh, that Traeger I got, man. I've gotten into smoking all sorts of meat, mm-hmm. and dude, I can smoke some meat. I smoke some. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Oh, how's that go? But dude, fuck, man, ribs. I I I'm I'm in it. Ribs are super hit and miss for me, and I finally figured out why. And uh, dude, I can't wait to cook some ribs with some G Hughes, and I want to get like a couple bottles. I want to get the hickory, the honey, and the sweet and uh, uh, spicy, mm-hmm. and do three racks, one with each, so we can have like just comparisons of right. what we do and don't like. Is there anything that you enjoy mustard on? Uh, I don't know if it's just because I'm starving and any flavor is super delicious. I like mustard. But, dude, mustard mixed with that G. Hughes barbecue sauce. Okay. Like, when you have a puddle of both of them right next to each other and whatever you're about to dip, yeah. you swirl it in both. I try it. Dude, fucks me up. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, so I love honey mustard. I like mustard in general. Um, dude, Steve Sanders used to do a lot of international flights, and he brings me tubes of German mustard that are extra sharp. I don't know what shart is. <laughs> I know what but, shart is. But they got extra. <laughs> <laughs> but it's extra shart mustard. And, dude, this this fucking yellow bottle I wish, America mustard I wish bullshit. that their motto, their advertising <laughs> slogan was mustard so good you'll shit your pants. <laughs> extra shart. Ex- extra shart. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm curious. Sorry, I had to move my face away from the mic so my phone would unlock. Uh, what is shart like... We all know what a shart is. Come on. Yeah, but Save okay, so now that we're on the topic, how how dirty does a fart have to be for it to be a shart for you? Is it any amount of poop? Or is oh, it yeah. If anything comes out, okay. <laughs> yeah, liquid or solid, if anything comes <laughs> okay, out that so, is not air, so, yeah, you're having a problem. Okay, fair enough. So that's that's what you consider a shart. Yes. Yeah. If okay. there's, if there's, if there's I just want to know where the line is. I mean, what's the, what do you consider a normal <laughs> fart? Or maybe that's a better question. You guys don't have wet farts all the time? A well, wet? that's sweaty ass butt crack. Yeah, you got a but sweaty yeah, bum. Thing. I guess sometimes you have to determine whether yeah. it's if anything wet. besides <laughs> air comes out of your butthole, it's a shark. Fair enough. I'm less hungry than I was a second ago. Yeah. Weird. Wet yeah. farts aren't always wet. Sweaty ass crack. But yeah, you get those ones that just sound wet. You know, the the, the ones that just have some moisture to them. Yeah, but I get a pretty sweaty ass crack, dude. Yeah, just saying, like, for sure. I get a lot of wet sounding farts, and and I do. I just I get a sweaty ass. A butt crack. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, <laughs> Crop Preserver started using that shit. You ever try it? Crop Preserver. Crop Preserver. Yeah. Uh, so I get chafing in my crotch area. Oh, yeah. yeah I have yeah. The, some stuff called the chafe zone. Yeah. So I have some other stuff I was using that I really liked. And at some point, I got really concerned with what ingredients might be in it and what might be getting in my body. Uh, most particularly, aluminums are commonly in some of these things. And so I looked up a product, uh, a couple of products, and one I found a, a pretty popular brand, Manscaped, has a product called Crop Preserver. It was a reasonable price. I bought it and then found out the stuff I was using is actually super um, good. It's got all good natural pro- products. But, dude, Crop Preserver, I've been using that on my boys. I'll have to check that out. Manscaped makes some good happy. products. I've got their clippers. I've got their body wash. They sent me some free hair and body wash along with the replacement blades for the, the clippers mm-hmm. that I have. 
pretty pretty big fan of it. I liked it. I was surprised. I uh, I've I've wanted to buy the Clippers, but man, I just got a nice little guard. For, I got wall Clippers, mm-hmm. uh, WHL, and I got nice guards that just keep it nice. Man, and I got clean. some really nice wall Clippers too. Yeah. I can go places with that Manscaped trimmer that that wall <laughs> trimmer cannot go. Man, and that's my problem. It <laughs> is get those, those angles. Yeah, dude, man, you nick your fucking sack real quick with the wall trimmer. <laughs> Real fucking. I'm not joking. Yeah, dude, you can't, you can't do it. You, you can't go there. Ice your fucking yeah. sack, big time. And the the so, Manscaped Clippers are not like this. Is so funny. This is a conversation we're gonna do. I, I need yeah. this though. Like you gotta, you still gotta be gentle. You can't like just go crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can get into some corners. Some, some, if if they made places. an automated gooch shaver that is like a little robot and it just goes it, it gets a map of your body down there and it goes it just goes to Dude, town would I ha- you trust it i have one you what that's yeah. a thing yeah it's called sam she <laughs> lives with <laughs> <in> my house <laughs> she just gets all up in there <laughs> well good for you cuz no, that's not I, true i, I, I would have not that luxury i would not touch i would not let her approach any part of my body with a razor yeah not at all <laughs> just not trustworthy enough yeah man i uh it's a delicate area <laughs> I'm curious. I've, I've been looking at the lawnmowers, what Manscaped calls their little trimmer, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, it could because of the wall and fucking nicking your nutsack. So yeah, can't do it. Yeah, don't do it. I uh, yeah, I, I never, I just never thought manscaping and 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 worrying about powdering my junk would be a conversation I'd have. But here we go on on a recorded thing that three people will listen to it's living forever baby Dude, we got six right now fuck yeah six did, did uh i don't know if anyone did anything for sacrifice september i did but not it, is it was a good it's been a good september was a good month yeah how was Octo- it great october's been uh also a good uh i guess it's a two-month period for me so if anyone you wants to continue sober october with me I'm definitely going to be sober at least until the 20th, the 23rd. I might have a beer at the film festival. But, yeah, uh, that would be dope. I, uh, I, you asked me about Sacrifice September, and it was never on my radar until you said something in a message, like this is our only chance to do Sacrifice September on the show if we do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I very quickly answered no, uh, because when you asked, I had a thought process and had made a decision, and... I have some personal health goals and some personal health uh, plans. And one of my biggest failures with health is making it a thing. Um, you know, a good example, I'm going to do this diet. And when this diet ends, I'm going to eat like shit. And then I will continue to eat like shit forever. Sure. So it, in this goal that I'm working on oh. right now, it's not a thing. It's not something that, that I'm, I'm talking about much at all. It's just something I'm trying to do and be. Um, and I, I do agree. Any any diet that you have, like it should be a lifestyle that we're talking about when we say diet. Yes. And I think that for me, that's the biggest difference between the diet I argued for against Jeremy Foster. Even though the diet that I'm on is a diet I said uh, I didn't believe would be successful, and like it's working. I look pretty good with no pants on. Uh, but Show <laughs> us. But uh. <laughs> Uh, I, I couldn't continue to, to do this. Like I, I spent an hour a day cooking and prepping meals for the next day. Mm-hmm. And then I, I eat six times a day. I got to make time six times a day to sit down and shovel food into my mouth. And it's like just the amount of time alone. And it's super expensive because I'm eating yeah. a lot like the, the calorically I'm taking in less, but the quantity of food is more. And m- most of it's chicken and fish, which isn't super cheap. 
and uh, sustainability, being able to continue to do whatever diet you're on and making uh, being on a diet, that's normal. Like, hey, I think we should all, if you're not watching what you're eating, yeah, it's really easy to get out of hand. If you have zero standards about the, the food that goes into your mouth, yeah, it's easy to find yourself on a shitty diet because you just eat the stuff that tastes really good, like sugar. Mm-hmm. God, I love sugar. If I wasn't on a diet, I'd eat everything that... Before I was on a diet, I ate everything that was sugary. Mm. And it's like with a certain amount of exercise, I do believe that you can offset weight gain. But at the same time, it's like I could eat just Snickers. I could do that. I could I could eat just Snickers and exercise enough to, to maintain my weight. But it's like, man, do I really want to be built out of Snickers? Like, is that what I want <laughs> to be molecularly composed of? I really don't think so. Yeah. So it's like, man, when I think about what what do I want to compose my body? It's like, yeah, plants, meats, like veggies and and eggs, and yeah, I can I can I would love to be made of those natural things. It's like, man, when you think about all the processes that go into the food that makes up a Snickers bar or or most packaged foods, it's like, no, man, I can't even pronounce those words. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's doing on a cellular level inside my body. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's scary. Good point. But so Katie eats super healthy. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, for the most part. Uh mm-hmm. um But yes, I, how, I would absolutely say yes. So at this point you eat fairly healthy. Yes. Prior to Katie. Prior to Katie, not so much, especially living in the van and not having a good refrigerator refrigeration situation and just not having a great kitchen to work with. And it becomes a lot easier to just eat out and indulge a little bit more. And when you're not spending money on rent, it becomes easier to justify eating out more often. So yes, before before that, it was uh, just kind of whatever I could find, or whatever I felt like, I guess. And if you had a, 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 did you start eating healthier because of Katie? Is that a goal you wanted? You just accepted? No, it wasn't necessarily. It wasn't because of of Katie. It was just. It, it's always been something that I've desired, just because I like feeling good and I like eating good things. Maybe not when I was a kid so much. I ate like shit for a while, but once I started realizing that the stuff that I was putting in me had an effect on me, I've always had the desire, but when you just don't have the facilities to make it easy, it becomes yeah. a lot more of a challenge. Um, so I wouldn't say it was because of Katie, but when we started living together, it also made it a lot easier for me to have access to a good kitchen and a refrigerator and also someone running who knows water. how running water and also someone who knows how to make really good food. <laughs> yeah. Katie. So so it it kind of just all helped happened at once. Yeah. Katie, I kind of miss her on the packing floor because that was where we would commonly exchange recipes. Yeah. Uh, she would She's yeah. got a book of them. She's got all kinds of cool yeah. shit. Her and I have sent things back and forth. I've I've more stolen from her than her from me because she would come <laughs> to work. I'm like, yo, what is that? And she would send it to me, and I'd forward it to Val. I'm not mm-hmm. going to act like I did something <laughs> with it. Um, like it's Nick. Nick has said it uh, probably more than once, and it makes a lot of sense, and it helps me a lot. Um, it doesn't help me enough sometimes, but I can really enjoy how I feel about eating for the next 15 minutes, or I can enjoy how I feel for the 23 hours afterwards. Yeah. That's so a really, like, really good way to put it. Yeah. It, now, I don't think it's a completely fair statement um, because, man, I can actually eat really healthy and really enjoy the food. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've learned with with vegetarians is is I, I've lived with vegetarians. Val was a vegetarian when we started dating and we, we first moved in together. Um, I've, I've eaten vegetarian. It is not all vegetarian. Not all vegetables have a great natural flavor to them. They're not horrible flavor. They're just pretty bland. Mm-hmm. So 
vegetarians typically are pretty good with flavoring food, spicing it up, not like hot spicy, but just giving a little bit of flavor. Yeah, right. knowing how to use those seasonings is really important, which yeah. is something I'm still learning because I'm not, I'm not the greatest cook in the world. I've gotten a lot better, but also when you live with someone like Katie, you don't have to be that good of a cook to eat really good. So. Yeah. So I haven't quite gotten there yet, but I'm getting a lot better. Yeah, seasoning seasoning is everything. We gotta teach you to grill. We gotta teach you. We gotta get yeah, grill in the backyard we, for you. We have a grill at our house. It's kind of janky, but it works. So we do steaks and and stuff like that every now and then. Nothing nothing too out there though. Dude, I got a uh, I got a I got a little smoker tube. Um, it's it's a tube about actually it's expandable. It's anywhere from eight to 12 inches <laughs> you know what i'm saying hey. um and it's about yay big around okay um you fill it with wood pellets uh-huh you light it but you literally need a fucking blowtorch to light it like uh-huh. you know a Gotta <laughs> get it going yeah um and you put it in your grill with your food and it it's just enough wood pellet that it's actually smoking so you're grilling your food while smoking it nice and it's the first experience I had owning a smoker. I didn't have a smoker yet. And, dude, if I, I I don't need it anymore. If you're interested in using one and checking it out. I'd be down to check it out for yeah. sure and see how it goes. Because I, I have zero need for it at this point. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like I should be good at grilling as as the man in the house. I feel like that's that's a good thing to be good at. It's not hard, really. <laughs> I mean, it's, Yeah, I just I just enjoy the, the ritual of it, too, just kind of hanging out outside and just make grilling up some meat to eat a little bit later. It's a, I, I, uh, I'm not a very artistic person. I, I'm not very good at putting things together. Um, I'm a very scientific human being. Mm. So I approach, uh, cooking as a science. And there is a whole science to, to grilling and barbecue, right? Yeah. I'm just now kind of getting, not personally, but just looking into stuff and, and just listening a little bit more when people talk about grilling. And there's an entire science to it. People have been doing it forever, and they get mm. super, super into it to the point where they're what smoking things for like 23 hours or something. Yeah. And it's all about the the temperature and the rotation of the meat and and how much moisture ha- you have in there. And like I it think does those guys are overdoing it. You think so? <laughs> um, to a point, I think so. Um, to a point, no. Uh huh. But man, it, it's uh like so wood pellet versus natural wood smokers. Um, the the natural wood smoker enthusiast is going to argue day in and day out that it's better you taste better it's blah 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 um but you have to manage the fire you have to stoke the fire you have to like you actually literally have to manage a fire yeah for oh let's say i do a pork butt in nine to twelve hours that's what my pork butt takes yeah that's a long time to be managing a fire yeah. especially when you're thinking about it scientifically like that where yeah. you have to have this amount of heat for this amount of time so i could absolutely see how that would be pretty taxing yeah and so so you think that people maybe not everyone but people some people are overdoing it by smoking things for 23 hours so so So, what's the balance what's the perfect way to do it in your opinion so back to the smoker versus pellet guy a lot of smoker people who are are true wood uh, enthusiasts would also say if you gave me a blind test between your meat and my meat, if we cooked them identical outside of what the wood is, I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, at that point, it's just whatever, however you prefer to grill, and then you subscribe to that mentality. So yeah. that's how you just like to do things. Yeah, 
So <laughs> really, yeah, that's a shit, dude. So I, I, I am, I am by far not a smoking or grill master. I, I, I am, I am like a fifty jump chump in my brain. But you got fifty jumps. You know what's yeah, up? Fuck yeah, brah. <laughs> fuck it. No, and, and I think I might be underselling myself. I think I might be more knowledgeable than that. But I, I'm not. For I'm for sure. You're I'm being super humble, right? Level. You're knocking no. fifty jumps off of the <laughs> the jump number. <laughs> but um. So when you're cooking large chunks of meat, they reach a stall. The stall is about 160 degrees. Okay. So uh, a big pork shoulder, a brisket, any large chunk of meat at about 160 degrees, unless you're hook- cooking at high temperatures. Mm-hmm. Most of the smokes are going at 225, 250-ish. 225 uh, is going to be super common. Uh, so at 160, it literally will sit there for hours and stall before it goes back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the 23 hour cook is going to do that. They're going to cook through that stall and get it all the way through, uh, constantly smoking that with blah, blah, blah. Problem. You're drying out your meat mm-hmm. solution. You open your grill and you spritz it with a bottle. Um, some people use apple cider vinegar. Some people use apple juice. Um, not apple cider vinegar, but apple cider. Some people use vinegar. Some people use just straight water. Mm. Um, some people include trays in it to, to help steam and release moisture. There's various ways to do it. Um, other people will, at the stall point, 160 degrees, wrap it in butcher's paper or foil or whatever, and then that helps retain the heat, and it yep. pushes past. So basically, I can take a... Uh, 18-hour, 15-hour brisket and turn it into, or, or pork butt and turn it into a 9-hour pork butt. Okay. What's the trade-off there with sort of insulating the meat? Do you um, add or lo- do you gain or lose anything by doing that? You know, so that whole idea that you're not getting the smoke as deep, you're not, mm-hmm. ma- dude, and once you've got, the smoke ring is an inch deep on most of the meat I'm smoking now. Mm-hmm. And I'm wrapping. I'm not, I'm pushing past the stall point. Fuck it. I say an inch, maybe three-quarters of an inch. Um, it's, it's pretty well penetrated. I shred that meat, you mix it up. You're going like, man, this has got a good smoky flavor. Mm-hmm. So you're losing some of that. Um, the, the meat allegedly gets more tender, more fall apart. Um, dude, when I make a pork butt, when I pull it, like when I pull it out of the foil, I take it from the foil and I put it in a pan and I shred it. Like I have these claws, <laughs> literally like their like handles Wolverine and claws. metal fucking Wolverine claws. <laughs> like dude, straight up, like if you came at me with these, I would fuck your world up. And I <laughs> shred like, meat with with meat claws. Like please, somebody break into my house. If you're gonna do it, <laughs> do it now because I feel like a badass. <laughs> um, I cannot actually transfer the pork butt into the pan in one piece. Okay. Like there's the, the shoulder blade is in a pork shoulder, and one of the tests is, is you grab it and you should be able to cleanly pull it out. It's commonly you're pulling it out as everything around it just falls apart. That's got to be satisfying. Oh, I'm dude. imagining it right now and just like this clean bone that just yeah. slides right out of it. So I don't, and, and the only reason I actually use meat claws with my pork butt is because it's too hot to shred by hand. Mm. I could let it cool and shred it by hand, and and that that's by far a good and acceptable way but man i want that nice hot juicy moist just oh man my mouth is watering just think about it and you get to use the claws that way so win-win right yeah man you give it a little before you use i've yeah i clang them together yeah you can't really but yeah i definitely what are they made of it's metal it's real it's yeah plastic handle metal tines i'll show them to you on the way out okay yeah yeah Yeah, i'll show you my claws baby yeah show them to me let's do it so I and I don't and, and here I can I really say those guys are overdoing it with those twenty three hour cooks? I don't know. Some those guys are winning fucking medals. Yeah, they're winning awards at cookouts. Yeah. Do you think it more becomes about the ritual and the style of 
the the cooking and the smoking, and it's not as much about the taste at that point. Because I would imagine that if you go through all of that stuff and you've been been creating this thing for 23 hours, you're going to want to believe that the taste is different. So maybe Otherwise, you wouldn't have put 23 hours in it. Exactly, but I think j- people would just... All, that's that's a hobby, or that's what p- some people do for a living. So I, I'm imagining they sort of enjoy the process at that point. So I'm really curious as to as to where that. Dude, I straight up enjoy the process. Like, yeah, we we uh we almost always have shredded pork in our freezer. Uh, Valerie and I cannot eat a nine pound pork butt. We just can't, man. We it's it's over time maybe. So I cook that shoulder that um I, like t- if I'm gonna cook it tomorrow tonight I'm gonna prep it. And literally prep it. You just use mustard, yellow mustard as a binder. You just rub it. So then when you put your rub on it, it has something to adhere to. Got it. I do that tonight, throw it back in the fridge. Tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to throw the pork butt on the smoker. You know, start the smoker up, take whatever. The pork butt will go on there. At some point during the day, I'm going to wrap it and do a couple of things when I wrap it. At some point, I'm going to pull it out and I put it in a cooler and let it rest for two hours, wrapped in towels and shit. Um... And, and there's a ritual to it all, and I absolutely enjoy it. And then we we take that pork butt, and I think we do two or three meals in the next week, so we keep that much fresh out, and then the rest we put in containers. And we have pork butt for a month. Nice. So that's, that's a solid amount of time, yeah. especially for all the work that you're putting into it. It's cool that you can stretch it out over that long period of time. And really, all that work, man, it's, gosh, I think the pork shoulder said and done, I probably put 40 minutes of work into that's it, not bad at all. No, no, not at all. Yeah, that's super solid. How long? How long have you been into this? Uh, cooking and grilling meat in general forever. Yeah. Uh, smoking meat since March. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm ballparking the month. Uh huh. This but, past March, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, not not super long for that. Not a full year of time, but yeah, it's cool that you can just get kind of get up and running with that stuff and just kind of experiment. And you're still eating good food at the end of the day, so it's not like you're losing necessarily. Yeah. And is it? Does it feel like there's always something to improve on or something to change for the future, or have you kind of figured out what you like to do and you're you're just repeating that same process? No, no, not at all. Um, so grilling tri-tip is something I've done really well at a pretty high level for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few things I'm pretty decent at. I would say I'm a skydiving expert. Um, I'm not going to say I'm the best skydiver. I'm not going to say I'm the smartest skydiver, but I would, I, I'm, I'm an expert. I can admit that. Um, dude, grilling tri-tip. I would, I would be willing to enter a fucking cook-off with my tri-tip. Yeah. Do I grill it? And you've had it. Like, no, I, I have had it and it's super good. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of tri-tip, but the it's stuff that I had from you was fucking Still amazing. constantly evolving. Yeah. I make my own rub. I've constantly evolved that rub. And to the point today... I don't always evolve. It's like, well, you know, I feel like I'm in this area of my life, so I'm kind of going this way with a rub, and it's kind of got its main path, and it just goes directions with spicy flavor, uh, different signatures in it or different profiles in it. Um, but the way you cut the meat is very particular. Got the, it. the way you cook the meat is very particular, and, and I, I still i am always changing something with the tri-tip. I'm always learning, and I, I've been cooking it for a long time. I think that's a really good mentality to have no matter what you apply it to. If you continue evolving, continue <laughs> learning, it's one, going to keep it exciting for you, but it also just uh, gives you that opportunity to keep on getting better at whatever thing you're doing. It, yeah. It, it's, it's, I think it's life in general. Yeah. It's, it's satisfying to not be satisfied. I, I don't know if that makes sense saying it mm-hmm. that way. 
I understand what you're saying, though. The the hunger for, for more knowledge or a different perspective, I think, on something, even if it is just for the sake of trying something else. You know, if you try a different seasoning on your meat and you don't like it, at least you know now, and at least you know that you don't want to do that thing next time. And I think that's valuable, yeah. having that perspective on, on an, another way of doing something. Kind of it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, for sure. And the I think experiences. Maybe it's kind of subjective to the person, too. I think I'm the type of person who likes going out and exploring that next thing and the unknown. Maybe some people like getting comfortable, so that maybe that's why they stop evolving at some point. But, yeah, I think, I think continuing that evolution is important just to keep switching it up and to keep learning. So do you have any things in your life that make you kind of like wretch, almost vomit? And, like, I saw a video recently, this gal, anytime her husband would touch her in a certain part of her body, it would just make that happen? Um, I don't know about nausea, but... Reheated fish. Really? Oh my god! Well, we got we got a we got a lot of it in here. I'm good. You're cool. Man, it's stank. It, it's all gone now. Yeah, it, it's, it's in you. That smell it, is it inside disappeared. of you now. <laughs> That's Dude, terrible. What does your poop smell like? Does Dude, it smell like that? No, it's just uh, just regular old regular old poops. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's not much of a scent, I guess. It's just really green from the spinach. <laughs> good. Okay. Well, yeah, that's right. Because you eat like a fucking Popeye load of spinach. Do you know who Popeye is? Yeah. Just checking. The Sailor Man, big old forearms. I, d- um, I didn't watch a lot of the cartoons, but I absolutely know who he is. Yeah, I um, I I, I don't know what references truly are relevant or not anymore. I and I get friends who are younger than me who will to fuck with me go like, "What's that?" <laughs> Just to fuck with me, I'm like fuck you guys, I hate you. So. Yeah, I guess young kids don't know who Popeye is. Popeye the Sailor Man. That's pretty wild. I, I guess mean, they might in the garbage Same. can. I can't because they don't make new Popeye shows or episodes right it's kind of they, an old they cartoon. could i don't know yeah i'm not too uh too familiar with the cartoons these days which makes me sound old just by saying that but i don't think there's any new popeye stuff out there because so i could see how that reference would kind of fade away i could certainly look on the internet machine that we've got i also i already shared some images of the pork <laughs> shredding claws but he's got a good message you eat spinach get strong get some big old forearms you get a skinny bitch that, that's a good message i mean i googled popeye and we got a whole lot of popeye images coming up okay that's a good sign i thought i was gonna get popeye's chicken i thought that was gonna be it have you had popeye's chicken negative have you had popeye's I have chicken? not it's actually good chicken is it yeah dude. but first of all I could live off fried chicken, like straight up it fried, man, all day, every day, fried chicken. I'm good, 100%. Um, Popeye's is good fried chicken. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had it. I've never been that much of a fan of, of fried food in general, but especially fried, yeah, what? fried chicken. We were friends up until eight seconds ago. Well, mostly fried chicken. Stop. Like, Stop. it just doesn't, I'm Stop. sorry, it just doesn't. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't know why. It's just... I'm gonna uh, if we go out and we get some fried chicken, I'm gonna eat it. But I, I just don't crave it. I, don't, I just don't want to go out and, uh, and you know seek out the fried chicken. Fried food, I take that back. I like fried food, but just the, I don't know if if I'm eating chicken, I just like it to be grilled, put some seasoning on it. I struggle when we go grocery shopping together, Val and I, because Kroger always has fresh fried chicken in their deli section or whatever that part is. And I just, I struggle walking by it. What's up, Nick? 2016 animated movie. Really? Of uh, Popeye. He lives on. Wow, man. He's still there. But then we got 1980. (laughs) All the other dates. Okay, that's a pretty long stretch of time. Man, we're we're running out of time. Before we run out of time, I do want to remember this. Um, 
Man, Nick and I have both been super... Uh, the more I talk to Nick about the film festival, the more he seems to be riding my train of I don't know if we're going to be having another one. And I want to be super, super clear, guys. It is up to you and guys and gals if we have another one. And Nick, I don't know if he realized through an intentional challenge out to me or not, but something he told me recently is we have enough winners that we could throw out a winner every week and just about make it to the film festival that way, which you were right about at those numbers. And what I started thinking about is I've not been pushing, promoting, or pumping this film festival nearly as hard as I would in the past. So if it fails, it's not going to be for a lack of me trying. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, you know, years past we've done a lot more shows leading up to the film festival. I've had a lot, you know, looking to build usually comes before the film festival. So I'm talking about making videos. We didn't have looking to build this year. I've hardly fun jumped in the last year and a half. I don't have a ton of footage. I haven't done you know, any events, uh, I've, you know, even when an event happens, like I feel lucky to go chase the group one or two times. And so it's like my, I don't have the video content. I don't have a ton of video projects cause I'm just busy with other stuff. So I think I'm probably falling short of my usual hype of, uh, of the film festival. So some of it's for sure on us, but well, it's not on us anymore. We don't need a good video to uh, promote it because we have so many videos to promote it. And honestly, early on, we needed your videos to promote the film festival. Um, I think last year was kind of proof uh, that we didn't need your video to promote. I still would love your video to promote it. Don't get me wrong. Um, so we're hyping it. We're pushing it. I've been pushing it pretty well recently. Alex, thank you for helping with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm sure you've seen if you follow Gravity Lab Radio. I've been pumping out the winners that we've had lately. I've, I've pushed out some of your, your promos. And uh, I, I really am super hyped. I really want to see this happen. And I actually... Uh, at some point, I would say I want to be wrong about this film festival, but I now want to be right because I think there's more hype behind it than I realized. I'm hearing from a few people here and there who are doing things that makes me hopeful that the community still wants it because it is straight up about you guys. Cookie, um, I, I, I requested prizes super late in, in the going for this one. Um in large part be to my lazy uh, to my laziness but uh, and also part to, to other things going on in the industry cookies donating a G4 we already have the Aries 2 and the protract 2 from LMB um, we're super hyped on that one because LMB is currently not supporting events um, I got these devices before they cut their event support so temporarily LMB is not supporting events. Uh, they're focusing on on uh, computers microprocessors they're Altimers American computers, so they're servicing their customers first, um, which I, I commend them, man. They're, they're, they're trying to uh, not slow down their customer service at all by just suspending athlete stuff. Um, oh, we have no uh, GoPro this year. That, that's going to be the missing one. Uh, Option Studios is donating a, a retail jersey. Um, SSK is donating free service on a Cypress or the equal amount of money, which I believe is 160 bucks discount on a new Cypress. So uh, pretty nice. good prize there. Um, I got to double check with Aaron, Atande, Wee, and Swoop Shorts. I think we've talked about that, but I, I really need to double check that one. So don't don't quote me on that. So still a decent prize pool. Yeah, for sure. It sounds rad. Some good stuff coming. Um, I need to talk to uh, Senior Boyd about donating some uh, jumps from Spaceland. They've done that in the past for us as well to the winner. Um, fuck yeah, man. And I'll give you 100 bucks. Hey. There you go. Cool. $100 bill. Sick. 
fuck did I just say that out loud? <laughs> Hold me to that for real. I'm 100% on that. 100% pitch in wherever necessary. Uh, you are not allowed to pitch in okay. at all because you're entering a video. Oh, oh we've changed the rules video. to this year's film festival. I have not announced this official rule change, but I am announcing this official rule change now. Gravity Lab Radio team members are now eligible for the film festival, except Nick Lott. <laughs> because at some point <laughs> that we, laugh <laughs> well dude the first film festival early on we couldn't get anybody to get hyped about it oh yeah for sure it's like uh, they th thought they were competing with Nick's video yeah that's like I picture a boxing ring and there's a bear sitting in the corner and you're like talking to the general public who wants to fight this fucking bear? <laughs> That's the same mentality. Like, I'm not going to go up against that guy. I think he's a twink. I mean, he's not a bear. <laughs> That's true. More of a twink than a bear for an, sure. An otter, perhaps. <laughs> an otter. Um, what's an otter? Yeah, so based on my understanding, I'm going to totally butcher this, but I think an otter is it's a guy who is not large, not small, and kind of hairy. Otter. I get it. I don't think he's an otter because he's clean shaven. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that term out there because I think I know what it means. But <laughs> right when you asked me what it meant, I panicked. Pressure. So, ah. Exactly. Yeah. I just assumed you guys knew what I was talking about. Yeah, so <laughs> bears versus otters versus wolves. Okay, here's, so it here's is the thing. rundown. It is a thing. <laughs> What's a, oh, my God. So, so, God. Here we go. As they put it, <laughs> bears are chubby, hairy, masculine gay males who like beer and flannel shirts, but just that the... Just the superficial definition. There's more to it, which you'll learn if you read the link. Cubs are essentially young bears. Otters are slimmer and less hairy bear admirers. Okay. <laughs> Wolves are bears that are more aggressive and overtly masculine. Yeah. I'm a bear. <laughs> I'm a bear. Sorry, Brian. I don't think you're into bears. God, I want to be a wolf. Well, you got to wear flannel, though. I didn't realize that was a requirement, but I said it right on the website. I bought my first flannel shirt two days ago. Really? Yep. Uh, Congratulations. I used to wear a lot more. Happening. I wore a lot more flannel until I moved to Texas. Okay. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's because it's too warm of clothing to wear here. Mm. Do flannel so, t-shirts count? I don't know, man. I, like, I also went to high school in the high in the heyday of grunge. So uh -huh. flannel and Kurt Cobain is is my anthem. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's, I can see that for sure. I remember mosh pits in high school with Nirvana going crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's man, that would have been a, that would have been a cool time to around for it. I didn't mean to no no you throw say that out there but I, I wasn't was. I wasn't around for that. No, I, I regularly think back to my first uh the first time I ever heard Nirvana or Kurt Cobain, I was in high school and I was walking by the <laughs> the, the pack pit, the, the mosh pit that was going on and yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And my buddy hated the music, he goes, Yeah, it's horrible. I'm like, no dude, what is it, dude? And and he shit all over it and I was super curious and some point later on, I was talking to a girl that I was hanging out with, hooking up with, and she told me about Nirvana. I'm like, oh, fucking badass. You know, it, yeah. it was, fuck, dude, just amazing. There was a lot of great artists from that time frame. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. Britney Spears. Good old, good old Britney. <laughs> Backstreet Boys. We did talk. Thank you for for changing the rules on my behalf too. I, I appreciate that because I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I about think it. the rules always just been I can't. Right. Well, yeah. I, I that's fine. That's acceptable. I, I generically had said no GLR team members are eligible because it was about Nick. But yeah. I'm not entering a fucking uh, dude. Have did you see the nice SSK edit I made for their solar roof? No. It's a 10 second little like uh, I was given a very short video clip of a highlight of their of their solar roof. So I got a little intro of their I, logo. I feel like I saw that thumbnail. Maybe I did see yeah, the video. Yeah, the thumbnail with a green uh, leaf on it. 
So there, yes, I, 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 yeah, I, I just found some thing. copyright not or uh, uh, what's it called? Music royalty free music. Royalty free. I found a chime and a leaf, and I made a little edit that I was like, man, I'm Nikla, and there's no way I'm going <laughs> to enter a film festival with this. I was also given extremely limited. Uh, as a matter of fact, the footage you see is the footage I was given. So um, it, it's uh, it, it was fun. Yeah, if I Got enter it. the film festival guaranteed i'm not winning if i win the film festival it's proof that it's not a popularity contest oh did you see my uh tip from hudson k on how to win the film festival i didn't see that pick a catchy beat put all your friends in it he put as many possible people in it as he could who like dude i firmly believe our first winner was daniela fuentes Mm -hmm. and i firmly believe danny won partially because it was a really fun edit um, partially because she was on her jump wonder. She got footage from everybody uh, that was on her jump. So you saw a lot of real life skydiving, you know, yeah. not like I love Jimmy skydives. I love his videos, but his videos, actually his videos include everything, but some people have mm-hmm. like Texas video is only high level shredding mm-hmm. and people dude, they admire it, but they can't connect to it. Fucking Danny's everybody connected to, but she had all her friends in her video. Everybody would cheer. Like, yeah. watch the film festival if you haven't. When people cheer and get excited and see who gets excited when and where, and it's really neat. You, you're you're kind of playing to the crowd if you know what you're mm-hmm. doing. And I don't think Hudson nefariously played to the crowd with his video. I think Hudson's goal was to remember a wonderful year he had and all the smiling faces and friends he had. For sure. But I also believe he's a very smart motherfucker and he knew putting all his friends in that video would help. There could have been a little bit of both, but he's just, he's such a sweetheart. How can he, you not vote for him? He's he just is. such a sweet, sweet dude. Man. I, we The one thing we haven't done yet is had uh, last year's winner on the show. We I've actually talked to Jed. We're going to do it at some point. That'd be cool. Um, it's just a matter of timing. He doesn't live the closest. Uh, our schedule isn't always the best for everybody. Uh, Cody Prentice uh, can definitely do something, but we need to do a Friday with Cody, so I've been waiting for the winter. So we're going to do something with Cody because um, I need to wait for the winter for you to be able to get here on time because I just don't think Cody Prentice is a show I can have without you on it. I really want you there for that one. Um no clue where any of that came from. But man, guys, gals, come to the film festival. It's going to be a super badass time. Uh, we have had 12 plus videos every year. <laughs> well, ha- well, Alex and I just uh, exchanged a, sh- a smirk there. I don't know why that happened. We just had a moment, and I, I don't know where it came from, but I'm glad it happened. I was thinking something, and I was wondering if you were thinking the same thing that I was thinking. What were you thinking? I was just thinking about my submission to the film festival. Yeah, he was thinking about your... <laughs> I, was, uh, I talked to Carlos about the idea that we talked about previously. Yeah, so we're, we're probably going to shoot that tomorrow. and then We need like two more shots, and that's it. Okay, great. Man, I can't wait to see it all. I'm because uh, I haven't really told you anything about it, have nope. I? Nope. And I want it to be a surprise for me. I'm people. good with There's that. There's a part of me that wants to release like a, a like a 10 second teaser, so I might do that. But even then, I don't know. I'm so I'm toying with the idea. Either way, come to the film festival. You're gonna see something that I'm pretty stoked about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to word it, but I've had. I've had a lot of fun making it, so I'm really excited to, to show everybody. That's going to be the same weekend as Release the Dragon. It's going to be in town. Cool. Uh, John That'll Carlos. be nice. Uh, uh, Neil Kuhlman is going to be in town that weekend. Oh, hey. Yeah. Well, man, that's, he's going to he better submit something. <sighs> yeah, for Dude, real. I cannot wait to see Neil. Uh, do you know who signed up for the XRW camp? Do you know who's going to be in town? Jesus. He's balder than me and younger than me. 
wider than Alex. Oh, T. T Willie, baby, T. Tommy Miller. Willie. Yeah, he told me he was coming. Yeah, yeah. He he's been playing with the idea for quite a while and just sent his registration in. Like registration sent his money in a, a day or two ago. Um, which is kind of sad because I have a couple other canopy pilots in the wings who want to join us, and he had the first. He was the first to submit, so I was like, "It's your chance, Tommy. It's either you or Cisco." So I don't think he actually realizes that, but the, <laughs> so yeah, I gotta still send Cisco a, a, a email. So Cisco, sorry if you're just finding out this way. Uh, the camp's full, um, dude. I cannot wait to see T Willie. It's gonna be a good time, man. It, it's I'm super stoked about this SPX camp because SPXRW camp because we have uh, one coach coming in from out of state, Richo coming in from California, but we have several participants coming in from out of state. Several. A um, uh, uh, guy named Troy Fallon. The first and last time I saw Troy Fallon, he had 400 jumps and came up to me and goes, "Hey, man, I understand you canopy coach here. I want to start doing 270s." Somebody with 400 jumps comes and tells me that. And my immediate response is going to be pretty common. Hey, cool. What have you been doing? What are you on? What are you working with? And all his answers, I was like, holy shit, I was impressed. There was no brag to it. He was just very kind of like, well, I've been coaching with Kurt. I've been coaching with Greg. This is what I've been working on. These are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. These are approaches I'm taking. This is why I think I'm ready. Um, I'd like to like get a couple of days here on your guys' property and, and, and get – comfortable here and then i uh, let you watch me a couple days after that and then see what you think and if we can coach nice and sounds like a solid approach dude I, I worked with him on 270s in his visit here super good dude and he continues to to coach and train with a lot of those guys particularly uh kurt um he's gonna be in from out of town there's some wingsuiters there there's names i don't even know there's a lot of foreign people foreign uh from spaceland so back to that SPXRW, we're thinking if we can do it, three camps a year, SPX is Spaceland, mm -hmm. one in Dallas, one in San Marcos, one in Houston. Change the rotation to where they're at each year, so one early, one mid, one late, yeah. and one's a beginner camp, one's an intermediate camp, one's an advanced camp. One is catered to more of like, hey, this level, which everybody's invited because we need some of the higher-level players to work with some of the lower-level players. We need the lower-level players to show to some of the intermediate stuff to get picked up to, to, to move and advance forward. Yeah. <clears throat> so we really look at as there's going to be overlap to each group, but ultimately the goal is to, to help these guys find those great... I, I see all these wonderful, crazy shots, and I know how badly DQ has wanted to grow that community out here and to to help them out, man. It's it's it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun, and I'm excited to see. So yeah, It's awesome that you could provide that for, for one of your uh, homies, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier, being able to take a step back and seeing what you're contributing to the big picture. I'm sure that's a really cool feeling. It's, I'll say it a million times, man. The sport's given me everything. It's given me my wife, my closest friends, my best friends, my job, my career, my family, my, my everything. Um, that's the least I can do to give back and give people that same chance to live their dreams. Yeah. Right? I'm living my dream. I just didn't know what my dream was when I got into the sport and back to you new jumpers. Don't burn your way out of the sport. Um, and, and when I say that, um, I say it in any perspective, whether it's being that oh. asshole suing everybody, whether it's being that asshole defaming everybody and going out and, and, and slandering everybody, um, or whether it's just, you know, getting in arguments all over the place, <clears throat> realize what you think you know of the sport and what you think you want of the sport is probably going to be very different than what you the sport gives you. The, the, the sport, if you're open-minded to those experiences and to, to whatever comes, man, this sport will give you things you never, ever realized or thought of. It, it just it just will. So it's been a good place. 
So I am, I'll say I've been really burnt out on certain things in the sport over time. And I'm not burnt out. Um, that, that happened a while back, but I, I've been in it a long time. And uh, I needed some rest. I needed just to, 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 to lay back and pull back and assess some things. And some things I've let fall by the wayside, as you know, uh, Nick recently learned my tandem examiner rating, my tandem instructor rating. I don't do any of those anymore. Um, although today I got a tandem examiner email from some of the safety and training people in the industry. I, I'm still very connected and involved with them. I just don't hold the ratings. Um, and I think that that pullback has allowed me to appreciate the perspective I have better. And it's helped me appreciate what I what I've gained and what I have and and what's in front of me better. So who knows what's happening in the future? The film festival, man, uh, we got a lot of shit going on with the rating center. It, it, we have a, a lot of cool things coming up in the future. So yeah, but it is pumpkin time, boys. It's about that time. Is it about that time? <laughs> yep. All right. I don't even know how to start the song. Uh, yeah, there's a you button. You just gotta sing Let's it see. now. You just gotta make the you noise. You gotta turn the computer see the button on the yeah. It's working. Yeah, it's working. It's working. It's Guys happening. and gals, we'll be back in two weeks with another show. Hopefully, we have a guest. I actually have somebody in mind. Um, I have a true goal there. If not, I'd at least try to get the homies together. Two weeks after that, Rich Obutz will be on the show. We already have his plane ticket booked. We're already set to go on that one. Grabby Lab Radio show up this weekend. The Pink Fest Board Jump for the Rose. Jump for the Rose. Uh, yeah, check it out, and uh, we'll see you guys at the film festival. Hell yeah, film festival. Yeah, yeah. come we're gonna, out. We're gonna do it. Let me see your we're hat, doing twins, it. baby. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna win. 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 Hey. 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 I told Nick once I heard the song on a porno. It was really weird. Really? Yeah. Like they used this oh, song for it back onto a porno. You've seen that porno? No, I think <laughs> you told me about this. <laughs>